Episode seventy nine of the Reptile Combo Podcast. It's uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a weird episode. It's gonna be a really weird episode because I don't know how much I'm gonna hang with you tonight. I know, and we're missing somebody because we you know, are. And his chair is very low to the ground. Oh yeah, yeah, that chair over there is much higher. And I'm, I'm, I feel short. You look short. I do. It'll be okay. So Robert's not with us tonight. He's feeling under the weather. Uh, we My, did miss. He's, he's better. He's better. Well, we did miss last week because. I've been trapped in a bedroom for an entire week because I, I tested positive for COVID. I did not have any symptoms, really, for COVID, uh, but I tested positive, so I You stayed. tested negative today, I though. I tested negative today. Which means I get to come back to the bedroom That's and true, not Katie. on the futon. Katie can move from the futon and back to the bedroom. I'm going to stab you in your face if you touch me tonight. <laughs> that means I can't watch TV in bed tonight. Nope. You got to watch TV on the couch. I've been, I've been used to watching TV until like three in the morning. Nope. Not anymore. So I got COVID at the worst possible time. I got it the night. Well, I tested positive the night before school was supposed to start with students. Uh, so I'm at a new school in a new state and I have yet to actually be in my classroom. And by the time I see them, my kids will have been in there for a week and a half without me with yep. random subs for the last week and a half. Josephine and I, on the other hand, managed to stay negative the whole time. We've quarantined. She has treated us pretty much like we have the plague. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, she wears her mask all the time. Yes. Even at home. He hasn't left the bedroom until today. I mean, I went to the snake room a couple of times, but I wore a mask and then I got in there and closed the door. And I made him wash his hands before he came out of our bedroom. He wasn't allowed to touch anything. And then he had to wash his hands as soon as he got back in the bedroom. Yes. Because there's a bedroom and bathroom. But, so. but now I'm, I'm negative and we're good. Yeah. Well, so that's you're all. good. Yeah, you, I woke up and my eyeball looks horrible. But before anything, she tests negative. But I am, I'm she still negative COVID. for COVID. It's not COVID garbage. It's just, it's just my garbage. allergies doesn't like Texas garbage. Yeah, I think a bunch of people are getting allergy issues right now. And uh, it's just hitting at the same time as COVID is also hitting. So it's just been a big cluster. Yeah. But so we're here tonight. Robert's not here. We were not here last week. Uh, we had a guest lined up for last week. And then he got busy this week. But we have another guest. We will bring him in, in a little bit. Uh, if you've seen the title of this episode, then you know who our guest is. But if not, then you'll see him when, when I bring him in. Uh, before we get there, let's go ahead and do our sponsor stuff. Katie is here. Katie, you've missed the podcast for like... I've missed it for a while. A I while. feel bad for our listeners because I didn't realize how many people actually like me, which makes me feel special. I've told you people like you. I know, but I don't ever believe you when you tell me. That's like a parent telling their child, you have friends when they really don't have friends. Are you you're talking about our kid? Um, I mean, no, she made friends oh, okay. her first day of school at a new school. Like three really great friends and they're fabulous kids. It's only a weekend. Don't, um, you don't know that. They could be horrible kids. He spoke to me after one of the kids spoke to me after school today because his mom is also a teacher. And and I adore him. He's like one of my new favorite people. Give it time. Um, but anyways, yes. So, so I, our first sponsor. I apologize to my listeners. Is Lone Star Reptile Racks. If you are looking for a high quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available or you can pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptilracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Dot com. He's not here. So I'm going to still do it. Anyways. Uh, so, yes, Lone Star Reptile Racks. Get a hold of Robert. Get your rack ordered. Oh, look, Corey Martin is on. 
Hello, so is Ilana Glenn. and JT and Tracy. I know. It's a whole a lot family. of our friends. Uh, our other sponsors. Well, we'll get to another one. We'll, we'll go with Wiregrass Exotics. I wasn't ready. Oh, did you have a blurb for Wiregrass Exotics? I, I don't, actually. The blurb that I did that one week, I completely made up on the spot, and I don't remember what I said. <laughs> so I'll do it. So, and then we'll get one written. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, Robert is in the group chat. So if anybody is missing Robert, Yay, he Robert. is in the group chat. Uh, anyways, uh, our other one, Wiregrass Exotics, go visit Dallas and Amanda Rua, who just got back from Daytona. So we may have to have them on at some point because I got to find somebody that went to Daytona. I think we should have them on. That would be great. They can talk about Daytona. I haven't been there since our wedding, our wedding, since our, our, uh, honeymoon. That was the last time we went to Daytona in 2009. So it's been a while. But go visit the Ruas in Ozark, Alabama at their shop. They have an awesome feeder program. I just think it's cool that you can go in, you can pay your monthly fee for your crickets, and then you can pick them up as you need them. So you're not getting a 1,000 crickets that come home and 500 of them die. If you go in and pay for a 1,000 crickets, then you go in and get 100 this week, 500, you whatever it is, and, uh, and get them as you need them, which I think is an awesome way to do feeders. I think more pet stores should do feeders that way. Um, I'm I'm looking I'm trying to read Katie's looking at her phone so she's not reading the no, group chat and I'm, I'm trying so to do everything at Hi, one time. Hi Callie. <laughs> we love you Callie. Well, some people do. Uh <laughs> It's not Saturday, James. It's, sure it's not, your friend. It's not Sunday, so I think I can be a friend. I think it's just Sundays I'm not Callie. I thought it was friend. Saturdays you were her friend. Saturday I am her friend, but we didn't make decisions during the week. About the week? Oh, okay. Y'all are uh, weird. Oh, Robert's saying he's logging in enough time to say uh he's still recovering from COVID. Okay, so that's why Robert was sick. We didn't tell you because I, I didn't want to share that. his business. But uh, but he, he said it, so now yes, but we were is, all sick. <laughs> but he is now free of COVID. Yay. He's just uh, he's still getting over it. He actually had the symptoms and and coughing and all that stuff. Uh, but he is getting better. And that's just one more reason we hate James Lewis because he was asymptomatic. Yeah, it was awesome. Let's just be real. He has driven me absolutely up the damn wall this week. You Let weren't me out in the prison. Bedroom. Let me out of the bedroom. I can come out of the bedroom. Stay your ass in there, you outbreak monkey. That reference at some point is not going to mean anything to people. I feel like if I say the... The cool people know the reference. Yeah, but I feel like if I, I can't say Outbreak Monkey at school because I feel like kids have no fucking clue. Oh, they have about. no idea. No clue. I referred to you as the Outbreak Monkey the other day and only like two of my coworkers got it. And I'm like, damn, you're all young. Yeah. They didn't get it. I was like, sad, but... So anyways, Wiregrass Exotics. And then our third sponsor is actually our guest tonight, but he is currently driving. So I wanted to wait till he got, got home. He's almost home, but it is Sean Gray. From Herps Reptile Shows. Uh, so if you want to go to a Herps Reptile, I should have pulled it up. Sean, I could ask Sean what the dates are. He probably well, asked. No, it's a Lori question. Why am I going to ask? John Grant, you need to watch the movie Outbreak. John Grant's, John Grant's 12 years old. So I can forgive John Grant. He's not old enough to know what Outbreak is or to be able to buy alcohol. I'll start it with the damn monkey. Oh. Uh, anyways, Herps Reptile Shows. I, I, I missed this one this past week and it killed me. I couldn't leave the house because of COVID. Neither one of us could. No. And, uh, and it I, wasn't and far. It was the Bryan College Station show. I know. We could have gone there. It was and like we could have gone and hung out two and two hours away from our house. Yeah. There's a whole reason to move. Well, one of the reasons moving to Texas, we were closer to all the shows and, uh, well, closer to the majority of the shows. Well, shows that we're going to go to. Well, we're far, now farther away from the Louisiana shows, which but that's okay. So, anyways, the next show is, oh, wow, Conroe. That's September 11th, 11th and 12th. 12th. That is coming up. We were, I, I still feel like we were just at Conroe. But, uh, if you're listening, and you're trying to figure out what show to go to next, you should definitely come to the Conroe show. That is an awesome show. Uh, 
you got to watch this hat. I can't. Okay, I'm sorry. That's my new job. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, it's Conroe, September 11th and 12th. Uh, new Orleans, September 25th and 26th. I think we're going to that one. We're going to see what happens in the world between now and then. That's true. Uh, and then Beaumont, Texas, October 2nd and 3rd. We are going to that one because it's like an hour away. Yes. That's freaking awesome. There's good food there. There's, what food is there? We ate at Jay Wilson's. Oh, that place is good. There's good food in Beaumont. Yeah, we're going to eat at Jay Wilson's. I so. judge vacations based on food and where we eat in what case a, anyone has what figured that like out. A, like a, Not important. Moving on. A Reuben of some sort, but it wasn't a Reuben. Anyways, uh, and then Temple, Texas, October 23rd, 24th. We'll go to that one. That's close enough. This is the one we're definitely fucking not going to. Uh, I just can't. It's Amarillo, Texas, and it's like 500 hours away. It's Halloween weekend. It is. It's the Halloween weekend show. So if you are near there, you should definitely go. I hear they're going to have some cool Halloween-related events going on. You should definitely be at the Amarillo, Texas. And then November 6th and 7th is Lafayette. So now I'm back by myself. You are. I'll be back. Oh, okay. So it's just me. Here we go. Uh I'm going to go ahead and bring in Sean. So I'm not by myself. Sean is driving home. Uh, welcome, Sean. Hey, can you hear me okay? Kind of. hear a lot of road noise, but we can hear you. Where are you driving, uh, where are you driving home from? Uh, from the shop. That's the case. All right. Sean, I'm going to wait till you get home, and then I'm going to bring you back in. That road noise okay. is loud. So you, everybody gets just me. Uh, Brendan says he judges vacations on zoos and aquariums. I, so I don't judge them on zoos and aquariums, but when I was a kid, we went to every zoo and aquarium, no matter what town we went to. Uh, and so when I got older and I became a zookeeper and I'd see people in the zoo well, like on days when it's just raining and I'd have other zookeepers wondering, why are people coming to the zoo when it rains? I was that person. If we were in a town for just the weekend and it was raining all weekend, I was going to be at the zoo in the rain. Um, because I was that kid. So, but I do know most of the zoos in the Southeast, and I can tell you some that are pretty good and some that are eh. But zoos are weird. Like, you can go to a zoo that it depends on what you want. Because, like, uh, Fort Worth Zoo is amazing if you are a reptile fan. They have the Moab, which is the museum of. So, anyways, they, they've got an amazing. I'm sure Sean is going to tell me what it's called in like five minutes when I bring him back in. But it's an it's amazing reptile building millions of dollars spent on it you can sit there and eat your mcdonald's right next to a, a crocodile it's an amazing place but if you're not a reptile person i think the fort worth zoo is eh, it's okay it's not that great outside of reptiles but i'm a reptile person so i judge it on the reptile house i uh you know birmingham zoo and, and birmingham Alabama is a nice zoo but it's a very old reptile house so uh oh i can let i can let sean back in he's home sean's back better that is much better okay museum of living art dipshit museum of living art moa that's right moa moab is moa. mother of all bombs that's that's completely different moa mother mola. Mola. mola anyways that's an awesome reptile uh exhibit like if you're yeah. a reptile person that's a great zoo yeah it's really cool um i said there are some zoos that when you go to they still have the old school reptile house where you just walk in and it's a hallway and it's just wooden boxes on each side and but that that's a great one. So Sean is coming home from his new shop, which we kind of talked about last time you were on. How's that going? Yeah. Oh, we got the keys today. So just a lot of work in there today. I mean, you saw a little yeah. sneak peek layer of the, of the room and we're going to be painting Saturday and 
um, I'm going to start making orders and buying animals. And I did get a blackhead for the shop, though. That's really cool. I saw I'm that. Super- so I'm assuming that's then, a display animal, not a for sale animal at the shop. It's a display animal. It's one of those, you know, bucket list kind of things. Yeah, that's, And I named him Ozzy. Named so, him what? Ozzy. Oh. <laughs> so it's Black Sabbath and it's Ozzy Australian. So That makes sense. Me. I, I had a rainbow bow that was Ozzy because of somewhere over the rainbow. Gotcha. That's, that's Oz, not Ozzy. Yeah, well, I didn't. I yeah, also, it was also related because I like Black Sabbath, but still. Uh, so in in your new uh, reptile shop, I mean, it's, yeah. it, how much of it is going to be animals that you are putting up for display versus things for sale? I'm only going to have two or three animals for display. I'm going to have my Ackies. Um, Steven's still working on the the countertop for us. He won't show me the fucking pictures of it <laughs> or what it looks like or his design or anything. So I'm going to have Ackies on display. Oh. Sorry, call me. <laughs> then I have the blackhead, and then Bill Stiegel donated a red chondro, uh, which Stephen's also making a custom enclosure for to show off. Um, so that's pretty much it. I might get a banana pectinata or something like that from Carl to show off eventually. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, most of it, I mean, most of it's going to be for sale, but I want to have a few things in there, you know? Chris Eaton said Ozzy isn't from Australia. We know that. He was making the connection of... It being Aussie, a, Aussie, Aussie. A, being a snake from Australia and also naming it after Oz. It's, <laughs> it was a crossover, Chris Eaton. Stay a little in your bit. lane. Uh, speaking of Steven, uh, I, I do want to post, point out this amazing sign again that I keep pointing out every episode uh, because I still can't get over every time I walk in that this is hanging on my wall. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. But this Reptile Gumbo podcast sign with the lights and everything, it's you should – if anybody – if you're looking for a cage for a – yeah, kind of display a thing. You won't be able to walk in and go, wow, what is that? You definitely got to look up Focus Cubed uh, and check out their cages. It's crazy. Hey, Katie's yeah. back. back. Welcome back, Katie. Thanks. Hi, Katie. Sean said hi, but you don't have your headphones on. I just sat oh, like yeah. four million feet down in this chair. That is a <laughs> short chair. Um, so, yeah, was, we were talking about. Well, I was talking about that. I heard you talking about the sun and the shop, which the shop. is so yeah. exciting. I, yeah. I got excited about all the space that isn't sales floor because that's just a lot of space for you to like do stuff and, and have yeah. breeding projects. Gonna, yeah. All of our personal animals will be there. We'll have the, we'll probably have the all dogs on display, the small ones. Um, I won't be lugging Pona up there every day, <laughs> but we'll have, oh, I have hummingbirds fighting over my head. Um, just we're going to have, um, um, we're going to have uh, interaction rooms. We have a room planned for Grant uh, for some tortoise encounters and then another room for – Oh, for uh, anybody listening, that's, that is not Grant. Like, that's not John Grant. That's not, they're not going to put John Grant in a room and let the people wallaby. play with him. That is, <laughs> that is the wallaby, Grant. Yeah. So, uh, And I really, really, really like what Amanda and Dallas are doing with the, uh, the feeder program. That's pretty interesting. I might reach out to them and kind of get their insight on that. Uh, that's um, – yeah, I thought that was like the coolest thing because, because especially anybody that's ever had to get large scale number of crickets, you just you yeah. know that they're going to die. So many of them are going to die yeah. before you get to feed them out. So yeah, we're um, we're excited. Like we have so much room in that back room for all the animals that we own, plus uh, quarantine room, plus room for extra inventory, um, uh, live feeders. We're going to carry all the insect, all the bugs and roaches. Um, I picked up. 
thousands and thousands and thousands of hissing cockroaches from a couple people this weekend. So Oof, I can't do um, Yeah. They climb. Uh, and they taste bad. So <laughs> I'll take your, I will take your word take your for word that. that oh, my Just God. take my word for it there. They taste horrible. So um, <laughs> I've never thought, mm, I wonder if that tastes good. That was never. <laughs> oh, I, I, I knew it was going to taste like shit. Tastes like rotted oranges. And then the babies popped out in my mouth. And, oh. and no, yeah, no. Yeah, it was bad. Whoa. Are y'all going to have frozen uh, feeders? Now? Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, actually, we went to Best Buy yesterday. I got two upright freezers and another fridge. There's a fridge already there for like break room, but um, yeah, so we're going to have alive and frozen. Um, and we'll have uh, all the insects covered. Um, and then we'll have quail, chicks and eggs and rabbits and all kinds of stuff like that for feeding. So uh, are, are you going course, to breed your own live or are you just going to have somebody no, deliver? Okay. No. no, I have a delivery set up for, uh, once a week. So, so something really cool on a grant family exotics, they do cricket cards and it's $15 mm-hmm. for 13 dozen and you can get one dozen or all 13 dozen whenever you need them and it doesn't expire. And then yep. they just buy a new card and it may be something similar to what they're doing at wiregrass exotics. But if you think about it, if you're close to a pet shop that offers that, that's really the way to go. We do the cricket subscriptions through Gecko World Austin. And that's great because I can get them shipped to my house. I don't have to worry about it. It's it's done automatically. And then we have and we can a do a low quantity. That's the big thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but y'all could do the lower quantity. Obviously, we need more than like 12 at a time. Um, so, yeah. you know, that subscription for me is great. But I think it's awesome for local owned pet stores to do something like that. And I mean, that's just that's really cool. Sorry, I'm getting a by my bulldog. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, Millie's been oh, in here twice, and then here comes the rest of them. It is very exciting. Yeah, here comes all of them. It's exciting to see all these smaller, uh, and they're reptile stores. I mean, they are pet stores, but they're reptile stores. But seeing the Ruas and seeing Sean and knowing JT's store and, and watching that one grow, uh, it is awesome to see these little specialty shops. Come. Look, the big box stores have their place, and they definitely do what they need and all that. But it's nice to be able to go to a place where the person actually knows the animal you own knows about them can help you and and that you can trust which well and to 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 to, to do the setup right and to educate people yes correct that's that's the biggest thing is the the thing with those big box stores is that yes they do have some of the same products and things we're going to be carrying um but they're going to try to sell you everything that you don't need yeah i um, can't about. stand kits kits i despise Pre, well, you know, like if it's a kit done, like if you start making your own kits and sold yeah. them, I was going to say you need to rephrase everything. It's not that. that you it's just not that. I hate. I yeah. hate. You hate with, unnecessary with, yes. pre-made pre-made kits with unnecessary supplies. Yes. yes, yes. That's what you are not a fan of. Dallas, Dallas, and Amanda Rua have a really awesome phrase that they've mentioned to me before about their store. We've been talking, and of course, I can't find it now. It's, but it's something along the lines of conservation through education, um, and, and captive breeding or something like that. And I just, I love that. I think that's so great. Like Corey Martin said, it's awesome to see Herp's family people take over the world. I mean, one day at a time, one small shop at a time. (laughs) We're we're only going to be buying from our vendors. That's where we're sourcing everything. I think, and I think Um, that's awesome. I mean, we're helping, yeah, conservation through education and captive breeding. I got it right. 
Stephen Halley said, don't worry, Sean, something wicked is coming for the Herp Shop. <laughs> nice. I have no doubt. I'm just, you know, um, Bill, 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 actually, Bill Stiegel actually asked me today. He goes, has he shown it to you yet? I'm like, no. Did he show it to you? He goes, yep. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> That's so funny. So, Stephen, feel free to send the picture to me just so I can say I've seen it. No, and, if you're, you and if you're watching us on Facebook, you can also watch us on YouTube. I want to throw that in there. I know Robert logged in on YouTube. He's kind of doing what I did the night that I wasn't on here, but I was like logging into all possible ways to, to see everybody, which was pretty funny. Well, um, so speaking of not seeing your thing that Steven made, all I got was a picture of like a corner of this with a screw in it. And that was all he sent me the first time. And I had no fucking clue what he was making. Cause I, I, I mean, what's going on? I was like that. Cause I asked my big, he's like, yeah, it's about four by four. I was like, well, that's, that's huge. And then he told me to think in two dimensions, not three dimensions. And well, then I was um, even more confused before, before I lose this train of thought, I want to go back to what you said, um, about the captive breeding thing, because captive breeding only exists through importation. Yes. That is so, true. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to importation as long as it's done properly. Absolutely. And there's, there's certain things that you need to get new bloodlines for so that you're not causing genetic deformities and line breeding and things like that. Absolutely. But, but I'm not I'm not for getting a box from Delta and open on Friday or Saturday morning and open up on your table and bagging shit and selling it. That's yeah. not what That's also I'd like to see more captive breeding in certain things. Uh, one thing yeah. I've, I've talked about before is, is savannah monitors. I think savannah monitors are awesome. But so many of them come in as, as juveniles or babies shipped over from Africa because there's not yeah. a lot of folks that are producing them in captivity. Well, and I had the I had the hypo project, but um, uh, that was going to be working on, but with the salves. But unfortunately, my big girl Puffer passed last year just unexpectedly. I mean, she was six or seven years old, full grown, oh, wow. Wow. big adult, and just found her dead one day. And that's what that sucks about keeping reptiles, you know. But um, no, no other reason. She was trying to eat the tongs the day before, and um, just died. It's crazy. So well, that's but, what um, we were talking in Corpus. We we're talking to uh, what's the, I cannot remember the vet's name that was in Corpus. Tim Kristen. Yes, uh, yep. I, I asked him. You know, so many people have snakes and lizards that just die, and they, and we just chalk it up to they just died. And and so many of us don't get necropsies, and there's a reason. I mean, necropsies are not cheap, and if yeah, it's I, not really going to tell you anything, yeah. yeah, I know. I, I'm filling in everybody else. But uh, but a necropsy is not cheap, and if, and if it's not really going to give you anything, I, I see not getting it. But he said so many of them do. I asked him, said, do you think a lot of them are dying from cancer? Because we know it's an issue. And he said, yeah. And so yeah. A, lot, a lot of these people out there, I, I want people to understand that when you have an animal, say, at six or seven years old, that you've been taken perfect care of and it just up and dies, a lot of people get down on themselves for what did I do wrong? Sometimes you just didn't. Sometimes, it, like yeah. you said, it just happens. And reptiles are really good at hiding that they're sick. Yeah. Until they yeah. die. Yeah. So sorry. Katie, what the? Turn. Ah! I'm sorry. Put your phone away. I'm so sorry. <laughs> ah. My God. We uh, do have our but, friends at No Drama Llama Pet Shop as well. I know. I forgot. That's I forgot. another My bad, Ilana. That's another. That's another. Sport. I mean, that's another oh, that's herps sport. people taking over. That is true. I am excited yeah. that. So. You're getting your animals from herps people, so you can tell them exactly where it came from, how old it is. There's so many of these shops that, and, and it's just how it is, but they order from wholesalers. And I'm not, I'm not bashing that. That's that's how many of these have to do it. Uh, not a lot of them have a supply chain like you're going to have. Yeah. Um, but it is really nice to have that chain and to have such a wide variety that you can get for your shop, and people can trust the health and all that of the animals. Yeah. 
and that's true. And, and, you know, we're, we're going to be trying to carry every, all the lines of the caging too and the lighting. And uh, I've already got all my accounts, pretty much all my accounts set up for all the, the wholesalers and stuff for the supplies and feeders and everything else. Um, it's a lot of little tedious shit that goes into opening a shop, which I was prepared for because I was going to do the, you know, I was, I was already working on a shop before Hertz. So yeah. Uh, situations change though. Now I have, I mean, I've vended for years, so I had kind of a source, you know, I could go to, but I, you know, now I, I have a uh, hundreds and hundreds of people that I can source animals from. And, um, so it's been, it's been overwhelmingly positive from, you know, everyone and, you know, like I said, I wanted to start it before, but it wasn't until I was actually helping John and Callie at their grand opening that kind of got the spark under my ass. I was like, you know, I really could do this again. And there's nothing here. There were several people that came. I, I joined the Chamber of Commerce in Bryan College Station. Oh, and awesome. there were several people that came to the show that knew about the show this weekend that were chamber members. And they all made sure they came up and, and thanked me for joining and and we're all excited about it because there's nothing like what we're doing here, you know? And, um, we, um, we're going to be leasing another 1200 square foot in July. That's next door. We're taking over the entire building. So we're going to actually be doing some parties and things like that, but we're going to be doing weekly workshops or monthly workshops, probably where we do like seven to 9 PM. We bring in people and teach them how to set up a bearded dragon or how to properly feed a ball Python or how to build a vivarium. Um, and then, we're going to have a little terrarium building station where, you know, kids can come in and build a little um, ecosystem kind of terrarium where they can pick out their decorations and plants and things like that. So there's a few different things that we've been working on for, for a while, but um, hopefully we can implement everything. Um, so we'll make it, um, John said something about making it a destination and that's what we want to do. You know, it's, it's a shop, but we want it to be an experience too. So. Well, and you're in a college town and, and as someone who, it's not a normal college town. Yeah, but I get, I, mean, that, I get that. I get that a lot. But let me let me step back. It's a it's a town that has one hundred and thirty thousand people in a ten mile radius of our shop. But it's a college town where the median household income is almost seventy thousand dollars a year, and it's a there the community around the the college is a lot larger than the university. I get that. So it's not just a normal college town. A and M is is a fucking city. It is insane. But the positive um, I, was, I was saying from that is that as someone – so my college town was like the size of this room. It was my university, a Walmart, yeah. like two Waffle Houses. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. but we had a pet shop, and it was fucking horrible. It was uh, – this woman just ordered stuff off of a list, had no clue what it was, would sell yeah. it, no matter like, – yeah. just horrible. So the fact that you'll have these college-age kids who definitely want to own a snake, a lizard, a, a spider or something, yeah. but they can come into a shop – and actually get the information they need and maybe you'll yeah. have less of those snake getting loose in a dorm room well, or something like that. Oh yeah. There's it, it's surprising. It's surprising how even the customers who come to the shows who, who don't own animals yet are, are way more educated than some of the places that we go where you would expect it to be. There's not a lot of the, is that a Geico gecko or that <laughs> I found like, you know, leopard geckos. Uh, I found them all over my house. It's not a lot of that. It's it's a lot of people that are educated because it's an agricultural town. It's an animal-loving town. So the entire area around here knows animals. And, and my feed store, people are already helping me stock Missouri and all kinds of shit. So um, it's um, – yeah, it's it's different than a normal 
everyday college town. You know, it's, 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 it's definitely a different feel. Um, so I don't, uh, you know, I know that you can't keep, you know, mambas and shit in your dorm room here, but we're not going to be selling venomous anyway. But, but again, a lot of the people don't live on campus unless they're freshmen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there's, there's, they're, they're wealthy enough, honestly, that they have condos and houses and, um, but the majority of our customers are actually not college kids. It's those people who are in their mid thirties that are coming to the shows. You know, they may have gone to school at A and M and they stayed here and live here. Well, JT um, pointed so, out they have a they have a vet school. I'm assuming like LSU that their vet school has a uh, an but, actual office. Yeah, they, they have one of the top vet schools in the United States um, here, and we're actually going to be uh, working with um, Jill Heatley who I got to work with, with the, with the uh, sea turtle rescue stuff when we were releasing, she was tagging and taking blood samples while we were there. So I, I met her, uh, but she's actually going to be our exotic vet. She's one of the top A&M exotic vets as well. She's going to be our, our vet there. The only bad thing is, is that they've actually stopped working on solely just an exotic vet classes. Oh, really? They're stepping away from that. Um, but I'm also in the Texas A&M Herp Society. I've been for years. Uh, we have several members that are vendors and previous vendors and, and, you know, we call Herp's family that were in there when they were in college here. So, um, we have a pretty good network of people in the area. That seems um, weird to move away from exotics because that's a growing part of pet keeping. It is, but most of the A&M stuff is going towards engineering and arts. Um, I mean, it has one of the top art schools in the United States. It definitely is one of the top engineering schools. So you're, you're seeing a trend away from agricultural medicine and veterinarian in the area to more technological stuff here. Um, and that's just the sign of the times, honestly, you know. Gotcha. So. Huh. That just that shocks me. But it's good that you have someone there because – you'll have a vet to be able to reference people to if they're having a health issue with the reptile, which yes. is so hard for many people in the hobby, finding a good reptile vet. Um, it is. You know, unless you live in a larger area, it's it's hard to find somebody who truly has experience. You can find a vet who'll be like, oh, yeah, I can do that. But, I mean, they're but not, they're not both a reptile of my, person. Both of my exotic vets that were in the Dallas area were both a and graduates. So, that tells you anything. Awesome. So, I had a couple of questions that I, I posted a question last week and we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, and you're opening a pet store and you have a wide variety of animals. So I feel like this will be an interesting one to ask. But the question was, do you keep only one type of reptile, amphibian or vertebrate? Uh, and if so, why? Um, I know you don't. I know I don't. But I was looking at some of them. Um, and, and I guess I kind of keep. Majority of mine is specifically snakes, but they're not one type of snake. But. Looking at some of the answers, uh, Maddie McCann said, I mostly keep snakes. I just vibe with them better, I guess. I don't have like a set reason. I'm just drawn to them. I've always been infatuated with snakes, and it's uh, just um, intensifies with every passing day. They're just my passion animal. Um, I get that. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly a snake person. I know you're kind of all over the place, but you like turtles a lot. Well, and actually, that's Lori's favorite is the turtles and tortoises. I mean, I, I, I love tortoises. Um, the big tortoises have always fascinated me. Um, but, um, I, I've always been a, a lizard guy. I started breeding green anoles when I was, you know, eight or nine years old. So, um, I've always been a lizard gecko guy and, and the monitors actually monitors the varinid species is probably my favorite because of their intelligence and problem solving kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, there's nothing like going out in your backyard and walking out into a pasture and, you know, rubbing a 250 pound rock that moves, you know, it's pretty cool actually. I miss um, our tortoises. I do miss yeah, our tortoises. Tortoises are cool. And like, I, I really want to get, get back into getting some like the Burmese uh, browns and blacks. Um, they get so big. Like, I don't think we realize how they, big those guys get. No, they do get big. They get, I mean, they get close to sulcata size. Say the, of, I know the black, they can get, yeah, sulcata size. I've seen some big ones before. I'm like, that's. They get really large, but they're like the puppy dogs. I mean, they follow you. They have this intense personality, you know. Um, and they can climb. Know, like, yeah, they can. <laughs> there was like, <laughs> so I got my first, they were blacks, but they were sold to me as browns years ago. And it was at, at, at an um, ETHS show. And the guy that, that had them, that bred them, was talking to me about actually going to Burma and look, going down a trail inside of the mountain and looking up and seeing turtle heads sticking. Well, not turtle heads. Sorry, Katie. But turtle <laughs> heads sticking over the edge of the rocks. You self-corrected. Um, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing the tortoise heads sticking their heads over the edge of the rocks looking down on them. And they were up on these cliffs and rock faces and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. But whenever we had ours years and years and years ago we made like makeshift like hills and mountains and bricks and all kinds of stuff. And they climbed all over them. I think with tortoises, everybody is so used to sulcatas in the hobby that mm-hmm. the behaviors of a lot of the other ones really shock people. Um, but one thing that was kind of cool this week, there was an article that came out. It was on several different pages, but oh, it yeah. was the, uh, Galop- I mean, the Galapagos tortoise that ate it was a bird. A, it was a- it was on Dabra. Dabra. Oh, Dabra. Yeah, it was on Dabra. But it like it was in the same Yeah, they showed they showed the still frame pictures of it. It walked up to a bird as the bird's yelling at it and it just fucking ate it. Yeah. Yeah, it followed it around for quite a while. If you read the article, it like stalked it and just stayed on its butt. It was that was pretty interesting to see. I mean, I feed the cow, I'm about to piss the cows off. There are you. Uh, but I feed um, you know, rodents that that don't get eating eaten the first day. Um for a snake or something, frozen thawed, I get they get to my box turtle. I mean, or my red foot. I'll say my red foot. I've got a red foot now that I'm going to start feeding pinkies every now and then because I know red foot oh, yeah. eat meat. We had when we worked at the zoo, we had a red foot that lived with the kookaburra, and it loved when the kookaburra would drop mice. That's what yeah. we didn't get to talk about. What? Oh, our new we animals. We have one last week, and I got a Mexican black king snake. Oh, I thought you were going to get. I thought you got a kookaburra. No, no. no. hell no. No fucking way. <laughs> I hated that bird at the zoo. Oh, I hated that bird. Just to, if you ever go into, if you ever walk into Pets of Plenty, just go when you walk in the door, <laughs> and, and that thing will not stop. And Andy Maddox gets so pissed off, but I do. I did it when he had oh, gumbo. Yeah. I do it to the new one. Yeah, I did it. I would do that. I would trill to the ones at the zoo. I wouldn't. I hated that noise. I like the noise. It doesn't bother me. Maybe think of the girl. I actually think home, that's what I'm going to have my doorbell like at the uh, at the shop. I'm going to have a program to do that real loud as soon as you walk in. There don't you, don't you love whenever you're watching <laughs> old school like uh, Tarzan movies and shit, and it's based in Africa, and all of a sudden they just pump in some kookaburra noise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so normally when we get back from a show, we sit down at the beginning, and we and I realize that we're 35 minutes in, and we talk about what we got at the show. And so which show? So it was the Corpus Christi show, Corpus which I've show. never been to before. I love Corpus. The area is fabulous. I had so much fun at the beach that night. It was so fabulous. I've never seen Same. more toads in my entire fucking life. Wait till you come to my back porch. Oh, really? Man. The house Weird we stayed at in Corpus, the back porch, the wooden back porch, not even the ground, the wooden back porch had 30 of them, ranging from yeah, small to large. Yeah, that was pretty large. great. Alana and I just like stood at the door and watched them at one point because yeah. she stayed at the house with us. And Well, and Buddy Duddy didn't come to the beach. 
No, I, I he want, had a great I, night and fished on his own. I didn't catch anything, but it was wonderful. I sat there. It I was therapeutic, as therapeutic as it was for me to be barefoot in the sand. It yep. was therapeutic for him to be on I that. To, uh, some by owls himself. talking back and forth at one point. That nice. was really cool. Although he was by himself that night and then got his ass quarantined for a, a week after that. So. <laughs> That's true. Um, but anyway, so it was our anniversary, which was great because we've been married for 12 years now and Fucking we've been, been together for almost 17, which is just <laughs> so crazy. But I have wanted everybody that listens to this podcast knows I've wanted a Mexican black king snake for probably years. close to 17 years. And our friends with no drama on pet shop, our friend Lily surprised me. <laughs> Apparently, they've known about it for forever. I've known about it since before it laid eggs. And so I got it that day. But I also look at the Grant Wallaby. Look at that baby. He's so sweet. If you can't see it, I do apologize. Cause Sean is playing with his wallaby. And that's not a euphemism for anything. He has a darling. wallaby. He was chirping at me. So we, So I got my Mexican, which it's the thing. It doesn't even fit in the palm of my hand curled up. It's so little. But I'm, it is eaten. I'm, it did eat and it shed and it's even more gorgeous now. Alana is a sneaky girl and she kept it hidden from me. Never even let on that such a, a gift existed. And then she has hidden James's cherryhead redfoot tortoise that I got for him. I bought it back in Conroe in June and she's been holding it for me until now. Um, yes. And as soon as we get paid, I'm ordering some lights for Ryan McVeigh for it. Yeah. A UV light so for it. Yeah. We both got dream animals in one weekend and didn't even realize that each other. We didn't realize we were getting gifts. We knew each other were getting gifts. So that was really cool. And then I also JT. uh, So John Grant, who didn't get to come, unfortunately, uh, but he sent another awesome thing for me. I finally picked up my fifth species of sand boa. Oh, yeah. I've been wanting a captive born Saharan sand boa. And he had a customer that had some. And I finally got one. Super excited. I got to get it to eat. So I'm going to have to... uh, clean a pinky and rub it up against your leopard gecko i'm cool with that <laughs> she uh, she'll probably look at you like you've lost your damn mind so, and she may try to eat the pinky so true. you might want to thaw out too <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm now at five species of sambo which i'm super excited about because saharans are cool because they lay eggs for anybody that doesn't know they lay a goofy ass looking wax paper like egg that hatches in about 14 days uh and they're also the snake that so many people post on King on a Kenyan Sambo groups going, look at my Kenyan Samboa. And then they get crushed and everybody goes, yeah, it's a Saharan Samboa because the pet <laughs> store just sold you a random Samboa, which will not happen at the Herps. But, well, so what is the official name of your shop? Herps Exotic Reptile and Pet Shop. Herps Exotic Reptile and Pet Shop. Herp shop. We have herpshop.net. Herpshop.net. Yep. So you have the Herps Exotic Reptile and Pet Shows so. and the Herps Exotic Reptile and Pet Shop. Gotcha. So, but yeah, that was our that was our uh, our anniversary weekend. We got came home with three. Oh wait, uh, Joe came home with Joe came home with death fainting de- beetles. Yeah, death fainting beetles, <laughs> which is better than coming home with a frog. She could come home with a frog. So, I tried. I tried Sean, so hard. Sean tried very hard to get the Samsons to give her a frog. I mean, Thankfully, the that frogs did not live right around the corner, so That's she's just going to visit house. them whenever she wants. But so, anyways, uh, oh, I was back to our question about uh. Keeping more than so. The reason this question originally came up was actually both questions kind of stem from the same thing. I was listening to the uh, uh, Reptile Fight Club podcast, and they had uh, our buddy Bill Bradley on, and they were debating the idea of the uh, invisible arc, which Sean and I have talked about before. From the Barkers, the, the invisible arc, um, the 
Uh, well, Sean, do you want to explain the concept of the invisible arc? Basically, the concept, it goes from – it talks a lot about plants, actually. Um, but, like, we are the keepers of – Basically, we're the keepers of of, cons- uh, of the conservation of these animals to keep them from going extinct. Um, and the Invisible Ark is the group of hobbyists and breeders and conservationists and educators that breed animals in captivity. And it, it goes from the the person who has two leopard geckos to zoos. Um, and it, it goes into a lot of the animal rights stuff about you know that they don't want us to keep these things, but we're basically the conservators of making sure these animals stay on our planet. Um, and, and like I said, it, it touches all bases, but, um, it's one of my favorite books. And I think I found another copy that signed too from Tracy and Dave that I might auction off or at some point. Um, but I don't think you can find it anymore on Amazon. I'll ask, I'll ask Tracy if she has any more copies, but if you haven't got a chance to read the invisible arc, you have to, it's definitely one that you'll read more than once. Yeah. Um, but it, it really, really kind of opens up your, your mind as to what how, what our role is in making sure that we keep doing what we're doing. Um, so that's the best way I can explain it. There's one on, on Amazon. There's there's one in paperback. You found one? Would you like to know how much it costs? It's I'm, I'm $130. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to say, I imagine it's expensive. Is oh, it fine? But, but this one. Probably not. That happened a lot with this one is a uh, three hundred dollars two ninety two to be exact. So see, I found a second one. See that happened with uh, the complete or no, was it? It was whatever the original Red Tail Boa, Boa book was before we made the second edition. The first edition ended up like people were selling it for, like five hundred bucks. I was like, no one was buying it at five hundred bucks, but because it was no longer in print, someone was like, yeah. I'll sell it for five hundred dollars. But I do, I do need to get that, get a hold of that book at some point and read it. Um. The Invisible Arc, but I was listening to Reptile Fight Club, and they had on Bill Bradley, and they had Casey Cannon, and they were arguing this concept of the Invisible Arc, and um, if we're really, if we really are doing it, um, and I saw both sides. I saw the argument against the fact that we're not really doing an Invisible Arc because, in reality, the shit that we have growing in our reptile rooms. None of that's ever getting released into the wild. If it goes extinct in the wild, they're not coming to Sean's house, knocking on his door and go, hey, can I get some of whatever it is? This is not happening. But the, the thing – Actually, uh, they, they, they could with axolotls and things like the Kaiser Newts and things like that. So when, you, when you're dealing with like ball pythons, maybe not so much. But when you're dealing with animals that are critically endangered – that's not a, that's not above. I mean that that could happen. You could you could actually help with a breeding program um, to to go release those animals. Um, well, they talked about axolotls two years. Well, yeah. Well, two years ago there was an issue with some frogs that lived in this one uh, waterfall, and these kids were out catching them and stuff and selling them in the pet trade. Uh, well, a couple of breeders got together and started breeding them, and then they started releasing them back, and the populations have recovered. So. It's not. It's not. It's not that hard to believe that it could happen. Uh, axolotls are one of those things that you know actually could. But I think with the issue with axolotls is the pollution in the water where they're originally from. Yeah, and that it's well the the their argument against because I actually brought up axolotls and the argument I think Casey was on the uh, opposing side. The argument Casey Cannon had for it was um, you've got these ones that have been altered with 
jellyfish DNA. So now they glow. You have these albino ones. You have these, you have all these different morphs and these things that have been, uh, bred over and over together to get certain colors. And the idea that genetically, these are not the prime example of what we'd want to release into the wild. No, and, but you still have wild types and those, those genes, except for the GFP stuff, those genes with the melanoids and, and all that stuff that actually, those existed in the wild before we started messing with them. And I agree. And, and, what I saw from, and he was also talking, um, you know, uh, you could go like carpet pythons. Uh, look at our jungle carpet pythons now. Jungle carpet pythons in the United States in captivity, being bred, these bright yellow and black snakes yeah. are not what wild jungle carpet pythons look like. Not even, not even close. They're not highlighter yeah. yellow in the wild. So yeah. the, the argument part that I saw from Bill's side when he argued for it was, okay, so maybe we're not breeding uh, to re-release things into the wild, but – I, you know, maybe I can't stop the, the palm plantations in mm-hmm. Asia and I can't stop them from wiping out populations of whatever it may be in those areas. But I can breed this one species of snake or lizard or tortoise at my house so that for future generations, if somebody wonders what yeah. that is, we still have it. It may not be in, I can't save the pro- the land in Borneo, but I can save this one species in captivity. So if somebody wonders what it looked like, we still have that species. And that yeah, argument, I totally got behind. Well, and that's the core of the book. That's actually the core of the book. I mean, that's what it's really about. Um, and you summed it up perfectly there. So, um, you know, for someone to say that we shouldn't do it or, or we're not doing it, is it, it seems pretty pretty blind to me. I mean, obviously, there are certain animals that we have a, a proliferation of that we still breed. I mean, there's still people that import ball pythons who, I mean, that's because they're looking for those certain genetics, you know, that crazy, weird, one-of-a-kind thing. <clears throat> but that's all for monetary. Um, this, You know, if you like, we talked about this a few episodes ago about making it a business. Well, there's there's a business side, but there's a lot of people like like I see myself and, and, and a lot of other people that I know that really want to keep this stuff around for future generations. That's why the Kaiser Newt thing was so important to me, you know? Um, so... I can see both sides, but I still there's you, you can't argue with me and tell me that it's not a good thing to have the animals around. You know, I agree. And I'm not getting off topic, but just one thing. My my, my roommate from college, Kevin, logged on and just said hi. I just want to say hi to Kevin. Uh, I love I love my roommate from college, and it's been Kevin. Forever. Your roommate was your roommate is a fucking douchebag, Kevin. Oh, he knows he was colorblind. It was so much fun <laughs> to, to do shit with him when he was colorblind, but. So back to the invisible art. So this whole idea, again, was the concept that genetically we may not be doing it. But I, th- I think uh, doing something is better than doing nothing. And I think well, that there, is the there still, But there are still purists that keep wild pipelines alive. You know? Yes. There are, there are. So And there, I think there's a space for both of those people. So, And so, again, this, this question, uh, again, do you keep only one type? I think a lot of that just stems down to the person I can't keep one type of snake. It's just, I can't do that. Uh, I, I get too bored. So I keep, I think, go ahead. I think a lot of it has to do with what you're comfortable keeping and what you're comfortable making sure that your husbandry is, you know, right on. Yes. Um, I, I work with a lot of arid species. Um, I can't keep fish like for real. Cannot keep fish. Um, I'm not, I'm not, great at frogs i don't know you know what i'm saying i'm not that i'm not great at that but um amphibians and things like that like some of the newts and stuff i've worked with before for a while but but i like arid desert species you know whether it's snake or lizard or tortoise or anything like that you know i mean there's 
some of the most beautiful things are from the tropics, but it's just what, I don't know. It's what I've known for so long dealing with like leopard geckos and things like that and bearded dragons before. And, um, you know, like hog nose and stuff like that, you know, that, that that's just what I'm more adept at, if that makes sense. So I think all people get in a comfort zone and they're thinking, if I add something different, am I going to fuck it up? Am I going to kill it? So people just kind of stay with what they want. I mean, I've kept a lot of different things, but the majority is, like I said, has been aired species. So, well, and I, and this also, this question kind of goes back to another episode of Reptile Fight Club. I really like that podcast, but where they talk about monocultures, you know, and, and you know this because you've got, you've got breeders that breed just ball pythons and you got, and they've yes. got tons of them. And I think, and don't get me wrong, I, I talk shit about them also, but I, I think that sometimes people give them a hard time if they, for keeping one species, whether it be just doing leopard geckos or just doing ball pythons. But if that is the thing you like, then I'm, there's no reason you should go out and keep corn snakes. Like that's not, it's, it just shouldn't happen, you know? So I get that side of people going, look, I like one thing and that's it. I like boas. I keep fairly, uh, a variety of boas. Um, but I've got corn snakes and I've got pine snakes and I've got some lizards. I got my tortoises. Um, I'm, I'm a reptile person. I just, I like reptiles in general, but I do know there are things that I, uh, I can't keep. I, I think Kribos are really cool. I think indigos are really cool. But I know that a large colubra that eats a ton and shits a, a ton more does not fit into my wheelhouse of being able to take care of an animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know your limits and what you're comfortable with. So, but like you said, you you, you enjoy certain things, and and that's what you know. If I'm never against branching out and trying something new, if you want to, not just because you know, like we bred leopard geckos for so long and we bred a lot of freaking leopard geckos but um we loved it you know we we loved the the odds and and learning the genetics and and dealing with all that you know babies screaming at you when you open the tub that was that was all fun for us you know it wasn't just just a, a job or anything it was a lot of fun so um i've gotten an opportunity now where i'm branching out but i'm only doing a couple of things you know here and there i'm not i'm not going into I'm breeding stuff right now or working on breeding stuff right now that, that I enjoy, you know, um, and in small groups. Um, uh, and that's about it. I'm not trying to, to produce enough animals to either sell at my own shop or, or wholesale out to other people. That's not what I'm looking for. You know, I just, there are certain things that I really just enjoy, um, interacting with. So I stick with those. Well, and you've seen it, you seem to be like come in and they, and they breed one species and then eventually, they get something else. Like it just, it happens with most people. There may be one or two things that they see and they're like, I want to try that. And, yeah. uh, and it happens, but, uh, I, I'm the, the older, less, uh, argumentative side of me says, keep whatever the fuck you want to keep as long as you're keeping it right. I don't care. Yep. Yep. So with that question, uh, I lead to this question and I asked this question and the replies I got, uh, were kind of what I expected, but they weren't, my original intent of the question. So I'm going to read the question. I'm going to read some of the replies and then I'm going to give the intent of my question. And then we can discuss it there. Cause I really want to discuss this uh, with you. Uh, so okay. the question was, what are your thoughts on a reptile keepers association with strict guidelines, such as record keeping regulated keeping standards and even home visits to be part of certain breeding programs. Uh, so the answers uh, got a mixed review. Um, 
there were many that I, I felt were going to be like, I don't want the government getting in on this, uh, which I never mentioned. <laughs> I never mentioned in the question. It was never government related. But so, uh, oh, Heidi, Jack, either Heidi or Jack. I imagine Jack. Uh, well, no, it's on. It's on online. No, I imagine Heidi. Never mind. It's Heidi. Uh, bad idea unless it's down to very basics. There are too many variables. It would be silly to regulate things like the kind of substrate to use. What works for one may not work for someone else. Maybe for super basic things like safe enclosures, basic temps, etc. But even those can be variable in design and function. It would be all about opinions at that point, which I definitely want to touch on when we get into the discussion because those are very good points and they were things I definitely wanted to touch on um, that kind of got overlooked, I guess, by the question. Um, oh, this one, uh, Maria said, if you haven't been to Colorado, and I've actually heard about this one. If you haven't been to Colorado, hop on any one of those pages and ask about, uh, PACFA or PACFA. Oh, they God. are paying the, I know they are paying the ass power hunger group that doesn't know shit about the reptile or what is best for them, but we have to keep according to their rules. And that was kind of my idea behind this question was not a group like that. I know those, I know that group is, and I, and I remember hearing about them and, and the pain in the ass they are to deal with. But my group was not to have a group of people that are outside of the hobby trying to regulate the hobby. So I definitely want to touch on that one too. Um, Darren Watson said, I'm all for it. If you're allowed to keep what you are wanting, including venomous. Um, and if there was a national standard, however, I don't believe it is something that state and federal lawmakers would agree on. I'm even willing to take it a step further and make venomous training mandatory. Um, I, I'm again, the whole point for this was not to be federal or state lawmakers. Yeah. It was not. It was not to be a law thing. But I agree. Um, Lavissa just wanted to comment. She actually has no opinion on this. She just wanted to weigh in because she wanted to comment. Um, Ryan Cox says it seems good on paper, but shit in practice, or you'd lose control, and the wrong person gets power. I, I've had people tell me about that. I've got ideas for that one too. Uh, Drew Schulz, who is doing an awesome job with, I need to make it up to his spot he's up near i have it i have it scheduled for a weekend we just we gotta get there gotta get to that weekend but our family (laughs) will be making a trip we're gonna try to go the thursday before conroe yeah i want to check out drew's place but he said i think it's a good idea particularly for certain animals venomous crocodilians large monitors constrictors but i have a hard time believing it will ever happen or be powerful enough that there won't be people who ignore them and do whatever they want which i fully agree with there uh, I was trying to find some of the other ones. Though. Oh, Jason Miloradovich uh, said, horrible idea. Oftentimes people pay to police the keepers aren't taught a single thing about the animals being kept. I believe it was more about the income generated from certifications and inspections. Once it starts, it's too easy to add more rules and take money away from the much and much harder uh, or away, but much harder for us to get them back. I agree. Uh, again, not the direction I was going, but I totally agree. Those are good points. Um. Oh, Nathan Barreto says, sounds like an HOA. I, 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 yeah, I saw that comment. That was great. <laughs> that, that's pretty good. I get that. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to say something. Like, Todd Autry, I'm with Darren. Sadly, it shouldn't have to be this way, but I think it is time for stricter regulation. Um, so most of, them, most of them were this way. There were many of them that were uh, against it because they did not want people in power who didn't know what they were talking about to be able to step in and, and control things. Okay, so before you get started. Go ahead. I'm putting this out there that I'm putting a cap on this conversation. Okay, she's not. Anyways, you have 30 minutes that's not gonna to get on this soapbox. It's, it's not a soapbox. It's an idea that I want to have an open 
open forum. meaning you do not have the end all be all I'm not, conversation. None of it is an end all be all. I'm I'm I know. I'm going to explain what my question was because it definitely got and taken what, in a direction I did not expect. And what your intents yeah. were behind it and I could have told your you. thought and your thought process because I love you and I can't fix the dog. I don't know what to Get do. You to go downstairs. Josephine, go downstairs. There we go. I could have told you before you posted that what the response. Oh my well, goodness! All right. right? So, so before we get into, I, I will explain the intent behind the question. So I'm the, pretty sure I understand your intent. Oh, I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> I just want everybody to understand. I was not saying there needs to be a mandatory group that governs reptile keepers. That was not the uh, the intent. Uh, this would be completely voluntary, and the idea really came from. Uh, the concept of being able to work with zoos. So zoos, the larger ones, the better ones are ruled by the AZA. And you can agree or disagree with the AZA in the way they work, but it is the government, the body of government that zoos have. It is what it is. And the AZA has a board and, and has certain standards that zoos have to follow. As keepers, we tend to be looked as the redheaded stepchild when it comes to animal care. Um, that zoos, and uh, and and other educated people know better about the animal than keepers, which, as as most of us know, is just not true in some cases. Uh, there are many keepers, just homegrown keepers, keeping stuff at their house that could do such an amazing job at breeding and keeping and care of a species. But they're not looked at that way because they're a private keeper. So my idea behind this was if we could put together some sort of keeper group uh, and, and did it for a couple of years, and then you could go to the ACA, go to these zoos, go, look, this is what we've put together. These are the members of our group. This is our standard. This is what we've done. Then maybe we could slowly work our way into those circles with the zoos and, and be able to have access to some of those animals, some of those hard to breed reptiles and amphibians that, yes, the zoos are having a hard time breeding it. But this guy in his garage in the middle of Massachusetts or whatever is able to do it. You just got to give him a chance. But you're naive to think that zoos don't buy from private breeders. No, I know. I know it does. But I, I also know that uh, a lot of stuff on paper doesn't actually get put on paper. Um, well, and, and, and those zoos are not looking at how they were bred or kept. They're looking at dollar signs. Yes. That's where that's where that's where this all leads to is you're going to have an organization that oversees everyone's basic um, care and, and the standards and practices of their care. Um, and going to the AZA and things like that is going to come down to how much money can those zoos make off of us. But for me, it was also to give a group that has a little more legitimacy when it comes to uh, talking to lawmakers and getting involved. Um, so, so here's how I kind of had it. The idea is that you would have a board, a board of several people, because I've, I've been asked multiple times, well, who would make these rules? Who would make these laws? But first, the rules don't – if you break a rule, it doesn't mean you have to give up your animal. That's not what I was saying. As a voluntary – to be in this, to be part of being able to trade animals back and forth, you would have to meet certain requirements. But the board would be full of you know, vets and keeper, keepers from the hobby and um, – <coughs> excuse me. And maybe like U.S. Arc and someone like yourself who has seen it from the show side, that kind of board who can use common sense, which I know is not overly common, but can use common sense to to form 
these kind of regulations. And I'm not talking strict regulations like you must keep this snake on this bedding at this temperature. That's stuff that I fully am aware of should be up to the keeper. Um, but I think but, there are things that we can all agree. I think it's more about the things that we can agree that are not good versus the things that we all agree individually yeah, are logis- good. But logistically writing that list of regulations that you're calling them would be an absolute nightmare and a waste of time and energy. Because there's, first of all, I guarantee you, I don't think you'd have anybody volunteer to join that. Just saying from, from a private keeper who's seen both sides of it, um, I think that it's something. For most people, we already have animal rights people coming after us. And any anything, any inkling of a change in law that you see in any ordinances or anything causes a complete upheaval. So trying to govern how people keep their own animals in their own, the privacy of their own home, I think you're going to get so much pushback for that. I see what you're saying. I, and that there was an organization that tried to get started a few years ago called the TZA, the Texas Zoological Association. And I actually signed up and joined for that. But they had a board and it went absolutely nowhere because nobody wanted to be a part of it. Because again, you're talking about somebody coming in your house and telling you, hey, that that's temperature is five degrees off of what it should be. Well, it still may work for that person. You know what I'm saying? And I know what you're saying about maybe the, the, the bad things, but there's a lot of people in this community that will argue about what's good and bad for a reptile. And they actually both could be right. Um, and, and so I think that what you're, what you're, you'd step into a huge pile of shit with that, honestly. Uh, and I, I'm not saying it's not a good idea, but I think that you would never, it would never be feasible. Um, simply because there's so much regulation already on us uh, as Reptile Keeper, and we're always waiting for that next band to come around the corner, um, that nobody wants to be held accountable for, hey, this is what you should be doing the right way. I'm telling you the list would be miles and miles and miles long that you would have to write and tell people, hey, this is what the board decided that's the right substrate. I know you said no substrate, but you're saying, okay, no substrate, no none of this, but what would you regulate? Um, you have to be in PVC, you have to be in wood, you have to be in racks, you have to have this much space per animal. Um, that's where you can't really just say it's not about that. But if you think about it and you start writing rules, that's where it's going to lead to. You're going to have these regulations because zoos have to follow certain guidelines with spacing and food and diet and things like that. So you're, you'd be walking along that same line. And the Zoological Associates is never going to accept you in because you're not going to be making them money pretty much. I get that. I get that. I just, I feel like we've got to start policing ourselves some way and there's got to be some internal organization that we I don't can think look there to. needs to be an organization. I think that people need to be stop being so fucking passive about it. And if you see somebody that's out of line, call them out or go to them and say, Hey, you know, I think I could help you do this better. Uh, and if they don't agree, then let them burn their own bridges with you. You know, like, I mean, we see it at shows all the time where I'm going to tables to tell people, Hey, that animal doesn't look quite right. And they may think it looks fine. I'm tired of hearing, Oh, it's just dehydrated from the trip. That's bullshit. You know, if an animal doesn't look healthy and it looks, it's not presentable, it doesn't need to be on a table period. So when we go in the show route, that's one thing. What people keep in their own private collections, you never know. You could have an animal that just starts crashing. Okay, just for example, you have an animal that starts crashing, losing weight after laying a clutch of eggs or giving birth or whatever. It looks horrible. 
what's to stop this organization from coming in just one day and saying, hey, we're doing a house inspection and looking and saying you're mistreating that animal, even though you've been giving it, you've been taking it to the vet and treating it and things like that. So I think that in a private setting, it just I don't think it would work. So do you think uh, – so I also – the other branch of this I thought were aimed towards shows, shows certain requirements yeah. for shows uh, to be – uh, to be listed as, you know, given basically given a gold star. This show meets this criteria. And obviously we know certain shows that would not meet that criteria. Yeah, but you, but see, but see, you never know because there's good vendors at even bad shows. There are. There's people that there, so it'd, it'd be hard to say, don't go to that show because they don't follow this guideline. There are people that bring animals to my shows and you know how stickler I am. And half the time I can't see the animals. I, I rely on my, either my son Peyton now, or I rely on other vendors saying, Hey, Something doesn't look right about that table, or I've had customers come to me. Finally, customers have started coming to me because instead of waiting for a week later and then posting a negative review about the show, say, hey, I don't think that's right. We had, okay, Corpus Christi, we had a perfect example. There was a fire skink that was on a table. It was going through a bad shed. The vendor sprayed it down, misted it down in the cup to make it, to help it shed better. Well, it looked like the skin was dying the, the paper towel brown. It looked like when I looked up at it first, it looked dead and it looked like it just shit everything all over the, the enclosure. But as I walked up on it and opened the lid and looked, now this was behind the table. This wasn't on the table. They saw it behind the table. I went and looked at the animal, opened the lid. It's perfectly fine. They just had just misted it down to help it shed. But again, I had a customer come to me. If, if they wouldn't have come to me, they probably would have posted on Facebook, hey, there was a dead animal at the Herp show. It's never at this vendor's table. Yeah. It's at the herb show. You know what I'm saying? So there's no really like we as promoters ourselves and have to be uh, accountable for what vendors we let in. But other vendors and the vendors themselves need to be held accountable. And I think we've put a lot of pressure on people and they understand that we're not going to take someone that just mistreats their animals. When I agree. We're not gonna, yeah. When so I that's a, but there are there are certain shows that don't care. <laughs> because they're thinking about the dollar bill, but there are also good vendors at those shows. There are, so, but, but I'm still saying, I think we need to be able to say this show is, I, is, is I think certified. show promoters. Well, yeah, I think show promoters should just start banning the people who are just constantly causing issues like that. They need to be blacklisted. And I don't think it should uh, be a, people, uh, oh, you mess up one time you're out. I, I definitely think it's no, like no, a, no. a three strikes you're out kind oh. of system. It have, if it becomes a repetitive yeah. thing, you are the issue. And so I just think, the show promoters actually talk about this like behind the scenes like we talk about vendors that are problem vendors all the time and we see issues that come up between shows that you know that do all of the shows vendors that do all the shows you know so there are certain things that you just it's hard you know how big the shows are and you've seen how hard it is to walk around and see everything it's impossible Uh, we try to but we're always so busy that you know having someone to take a look at that stuff now, um, I've got Peyton working for me now, and, and part of his job is to walk around the shows when he's not helping other people is to look at the tables and look at animals and tell me if he sees something that's not right. Um, but I've, I've gotten to where I've gotten vendors to actually open up to me and say, hey, something doesn't look right on that table, and that's what we need to do. But the, the show promoters need to stand up and say this this vendor shouldn't be allowed at any shows. Well, Stop letting them in. They need uh, show promoters, and it's very hard for someone just starting out, but over time, they need to be like you. They need a network of their vendors who can mm-hmm. help police the show for them, which yeah. um, 
It's not their job. It's no, not the vendor's job. I'm not asking no, vendors but, to do that. But a vendor, if, if a vendor wants to come to your show and vend a show, they're vending your show because of the quality of your show. And they're going to want your show to remain that level yes. of quality. And in order exactly. to remain that level of quality, you can't just go, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll have a table next to this guy. His stuff looks like shit, so I'll sell more of my stuff. Yeah. That's Yeah, that may be true, but that doesn't help the show overall because now people it are just going to remember that table. It helps that vendor's pocketbook, and that happens a lot more than you, than you think. Um, and I think that some sort of way to for shows to be certified as as good or whatever would help, especially newer people on the show because and, who, in, in the hobby. But who's in charge of certifying that? And who's going to agree on who's going to agree on who to elect to certify the shows? You know, I, what I'm I don't saying? know. That's, I know it couldn't be one person. None of this could ever be done by one person because then it wouldn't be fair. It would be too political. But I think people coming into the hobby go to some of these. Uh, lesser quality shows, not knowing any better because there's nothing out there saying, just be careful when going to the show because you need to watch out for these things. Well, um, I, I tell people, I, I still tell people to this day, go to every show. I'm not going to tell people even not even go to the crappy shows because again, there are good vendors that do those shows that do our shows too. And I want them to be successful and make money. Now the customers should buy from those people. Yes, I get it. But that's the hard thing about our business is I'm not against any of the other show promoters. I'm, I do my own thing and, and Lori and I've talked about this at length about how we just focus on what we're doing. Um, I won't hesitate to tell people, Hey, don't buy from that person, Yeah. but I'm not going to tell people, Hey, don't go to that show. Um, because like I said, there are vendors that do those shows that rely on those shows too, to feed their families. And, and, and the more customers they have, the better chance that that person has to make money. And that's, that's the hard thing that, that a lot of people don't see as, as promoters too, um, but it, as other vendors is that we want them to be successful wherever they're doing, not just our shows. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's hard to say, hey, don't go to that show. I think that's, that's where you're like – I mean, honestly, we, we know the bad shows that we're talking about. Yeah. And that information's out there. And if someone's naive enough not to know where to find that information, let them learn the hard way and let them go themselves. They're, that's the only way most people will actually realize it. But they may go there and find the, you know, the perfect snake and think it's the best show that they've ever, that they've ever been to. You know, they don't see, they have blinders onto the rest of what, what else is going on, you know? So, um, my thing is just let's focus on making our shows better and keeping our quality up and making sure our vendors are doing the right thing and bring on new vendors and, and maybe that'll spread that way instead of blackballing. Now, there are certain people in the in the hobby that I think should not be vending and should not be allowed to vend any shows. But again, that's that promoters that you know that's that's up to them. It's not up to me. You know? I think it's important to remember. And if this has been mentioned before, I apologize. I know I keep popping in and out. Highly recommend do not take a double dose of a medication on accident <laughs> because it doubles your chances of horrible side effects. It has been running to the pooper like every five minutes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that, Sean. Yeah. Lori said, Lori said, sounds like me. I'm <laughs> dying. Um, I thought I was popping two but, Tylenol and but, it was actually yeah. two antibiotics and you shouldn't do that. Just... So what was your, okay. Anyway, back to your point. My point was, it, we're never going to make everybody happy. No, ever. Um, I'm sure that. So, for example, uh, example with the Herbs Family Foundation, we have a board, um, which on my to do list is actually to get together with the board. <laughs> like we every yeah, time we talk about each other, every we actually talked talk about. We actually talked about it this weekend because I had good. I had Katie there. 
So Corey's going to be reaching out to you about that. Okay, great. But my thought is, you know, you have a board and then the board goes from there. And whatever decisions the board makes, not everyone is going to be happy with. But... Mm -hmm. You know, that was the board that was put in place. And so, you know, and, and because I have a zoo background, um, and because I have, if you've ever worked at a zoo, you know what an accreditation year is like. And so, Miserable. you know, you, you cringe when you hear that word. And so, you know, there's that Corey, uh, Corey says to call her Sean. So okay. make a note to call Corey. Um, okay. I'm not watching the chat. That's Sorry, fine. I just saw it in the chat. That's why I figured I'd tell you to, to call her. Um, so, you, you know, you, you have a board that makes those decisions. And so the, the, I guess the question would be is how do you get that board in place? And like Sean said, that's where it becomes political because there are people are not going to be likely to vote in someone that they don't know. People in the reptile community don't know me off the street. So if I were to run to be on that board, then, you know, I'd really have to put myself out there to well, ex- hold on, on to explain why. Whereas, you know, if Justin Kabilka is the first name that popped in my mind, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know what the man breeds. That's but not true. That's not true. You know, 100% snakes. he breeds. You know what is he ball breeds. The ball pythons? Ball okay. Pythons. So it, that's just because he's the first name that popped into my mind. But a lot of people know his name. So if he were to go out for something, they'd be more likely. So you have different people that run in different circles that run in multiple circles. And I, I don't know. I feel like it's a catch 22 where we're all stuck between a rock and a hard place. My problem I find with, with the argument against and it's not just this with, with many things in the hobby is, uh, is difficulty. People, people don't want to do something that's difficult or that it's new or that it may not work and, and, and it may not work. I just don't think not working is not a reason to not try. A lot of things go through different stages until they do work sometimes. And, and I think when you're talking about a board for something reptile related, it does have to be a very broad one. It can't be a whole bunch of people that have been the herp shows. Like that, that obviously couldn't be a board for the hobby. It's great oh, for, right. it's great for, for the, the herp's family foundation. Oh, yeah. That was just my example. But, yeah. No, I understand, yeah. but, it, but it's not great for the hobby. I think it has to be, you know, Honestly, someone like Kabilka would be great on a hobby wide board. And do you like, do you get like one person from each state? No. Do you like, you know, even if you you had a name like Kabilka, you'd have people that don't agree with his practices. That's true. That is true. Uh, So that's what I'm saying is it's such a broad subject that you're never going to be able to get down to where everyone's like, okay, that's fine. I'll join and I agree to those terms. It's never going to happen uh-huh. because you may have a hundred, hundred things on there. And one person says, I don't like that rule. I don't, I don't want to think that should be, and they're not going to join. I'm telling you the TZA tried it is a, is a complete failure. And I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. We can't even get people to fucking join ARC, US ARC. Yeah. I mean, people that haven't even joined US ARC. And uh, it's so I'm thinking that any more regulation like that, I just think you're going down the wrong rabbit hole with that. Well, and because if you think about it, when we were zookeepers, well, you were a zookeeper. I worked at the, the zoo. I was part of the staff, the education staff. You, we had the AZA, but then there was also like the zookeeper group or whatever. There's a couple of them. But like hardly any of us ever joined that one because we're like, no, we work here. We're fine. Like. I don't yeah, know. Like, that's different. I mean, that's different. U.S. Arc. I don't see why anybody uh, hasn't joined. Now, who was it in the podcast? Someone was talking about they they hadn't joined U.S. Arc, um, but 
a portion of their sales go to US ARC. And, and that, fine. that's fine. I mean, I still think, Joanne, I'm get your free t-shirt. But as, <laughs> as long as you're giving in some way or form to them, uh, I, I forget what the number is. And, I, and I've got to get uh, get Phil Goss on here. But the number of people that own reptiles versus the number of people that actually are members of US ARC just makes you want to vomit every time you see the disparity in that number. Um well, a lot of people here, – here's the thing is a lot of people that don't join, a lot of what I've heard is because they are like, what's my money doing? They don't understand the ins and outs every single day of what Phil and that team are working oh, yeah. on. It feels um, until, so, until, until something pops up. When something pops up, then they're like, oh, that's cool because I keep your ticks. I could care less if there's a ball python ban in Wilson County, Texas. Yeah. They don't give a shit. So, I mean, it, that's that's part of the reason I guarantee you. And part of it's their ego, too. I mean, it's just, just I mean, honestly, they're only about how much money they make, not how much money they give back. Which kills if it me. affected them, if it affected them personally, that's, then maybe they would they would see it. But that's the biggest deal is it's not affecting them personally. It's not hitting their pocketbook. So they could care less. What they don't understand is it's going to affect everybody's pocketbook if we don't keep joining and we don't don't keep recruiting and we don't keep paying these attorneys to do all the dirty work, you know, cause those guys work their asses off. I just, and it's nothing. I mean, if, okay, if you own one reptile, literally there's, there's, there's several different stages, steps you can join and be members. With. There's the one where you can do $5 a month, which honestly you probably would not recognize losing $5 a month. You probably lose that and change throughout a month. There is the $40 a year, which I still don't understand how they make any money off of that because they you get a T-shirt. like And T-shirts aren't cheap. Like, I know they're getting a lot of them, but still, <clears throat> it's $40. That's the one I don't get. If, if I forget that it's, a, it's an insane number of people that own reptiles. But if just a million people gave $40 a, a year, it's $40 well, I, million. Dollars. I need to renew my membership, but every time I see Phil, I give him money. I mean, at NERBC, we, we donate stuff, and we used to do auctions for USR, but I actually do need to re- redo my my you know, yeah, my membership. I haven't renewed it yet. I got to renew mine. Mine just ran but up last, last time month. Last NERBC, I gave him like 500 bucks to, to as a donation. So, you know, oh, I know. I know I need to renew it. Look, Lori's on my ass now about <laughs> redoing. But, but I mean, I, you know, we and I've actually talked to several people like um, I can't remember who I was just talking to. Maybe Russ or somebody else. I can't. We were talking about trying to get Phil to come back to Conroe and set up and, and do all that. And the part, the part of the problem is that they're so busy. You know, they have they do it just a few shows a year. Um, I'd love to have Phil come and set up it. And Phil and I talk. I mean, I've, I've, I've bounced ideas off Phil and I've talked to Phil about it and it's not for lack of wanting to, it's just, it's time and, and team and things like that. So it'd be really cool um, to see them, to be able to do a table there for like a membership drive. If you could get, Oh, I would love to go through the door. Just go look, it's 40 bucks and we'll send you a t-shirt and you can feel it, good yeah. about yourself. You know yeah. what? I, I know some of our vendors at the Herp show have high school age children that need volunteer community service hours for some of their classes. It's a good idea. Just so saying. They got with you know with Phil. Maybe Phil could send like a banner and all, and they could set up and they yeah. could do a membership drive. Yeah, that'd be really cool. That'd be cool. I could work. I could work with him. I could. I could reach out to him and see. That'd be that something could also. That, that could, could also. I'm thinking. I'm thinking down the road because we got tur- we got turtle project first. But I'm thinking down the road. I know a Girl <laughs> Scout that can do this too. Yeah, <laughs> we got to do the turtle project that. first. But yeah, I'm like. Super- 
a table. I'm super excited about that. If there was a table with a banner and like little and little whatever uh, pamphlets they have, and like show the shirt, look, this is what you get for forty yeah. bucks, or it's like two fifty, and then five hundred, I think, is the next move. Whatever it is, yeah. a thousand, a yeah. thousand. Because in reality, everybody that walks through the door that leaves with something needs to join USR. Hundred percent, absolutely. I mean, 100%. they really do. Uh, and look, you could either have them sign up for the five dollars a month, and they go that route. Maybe put a little computer there and they can sign up and they can do it right then and there. That's the big thing is getting them to do it then and there. Yeah. Then and there. Not, not, not think when about it and yeah. do it later. Cause they won't Don't forget. But, but, but you- breeders, breeders and vendors at shows need to be, and I, I, I'd love, I would love for someone that's not a member or never has been a member that vends shows and breeds to tell us why and yeah. give us one good reason why they are not there. Nobody will. They'll be called out for it. I don't want to call them out for it. I just want to know what the excuse is. And and I, I would love to see someone say, this is exactly why I won't join US Art. I want yeah. to see it. I don't – that's what kills me is and, – and I've seen the arguments online before about where does my money go. They're a it's nonprofit. They, they show it. They, you, can, you can find it. Yeah, you can go on their website and see what the money goes to. They're a nonprofit. It's public information. You know, Phil gets his paycheck. Well, that's one thing I've seen people bitch about what Phil gets paid. That dude works his ass off. So that you For can real. own your one ball python. So calm down. For real. Like all the time, Bill's doing something. He's one of the busiest men I know. So, and, and he's always one of the most helpful people. If I message him right now and say, Hey, I have an issue with somebody in Florida or something like that. He'll give me the information or find somebody who does and send them to me. Like he's and you know, it's it maybe, and maybe it's, I don't know. It's not just me. He'll do it to you. If anybody, anybody has an issue, if you message Phil, once he gets around to it, He'll actually give you an answer. He's there to help. You know what I'm saying? He 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 does so much. Um, so uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love if if anybody had a reason. Um, I do why like they, Morph, why they wouldn't. Morph Market now has this thing where uh, if you're a I member, damn it. what oh, I yeah. need to I need yeah I need to reach out to John tomorrow for sure. John I've been Lehman, well, yeah. yeah. Well, they, he has a thing where if you're a member of US Arc, your little storefront gets a badge on, cool. on Morph Market. Which is kind of yeah. cool. You can see well, people I, that you're you know, going I, from. I know everybody was posting, oh, I'm a gold member. Oh, I'm platinum. It really doesn't matter to me. I don't care. As long you as can, you're a member, you're a member. If you're a bronze member, you're the, the, the most important person in my day, honestly. Like, uh, or if you donate five bucks out of your pocket and some change and put it, you know, give it to them when you see them at, at, at one of the shows. Yeah. That's perfectly fine because it adds up and, and it helps. So. Did I've we? seen I've seen US Arc in action work to help people that I personally know. Uh, and that's not I was a member before then and donating before then, but I've actually seen it in in action and it's 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 amazing to see. And and for people who don't or who have never seen it before, it's it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Yes. Did we talk about how much money they raised in Daytona for US Arc? Have we no, talked about that yet? That. I don't even know. Did you see Oh it? yes, Rob it was like Rob Christian Post. I want to say it was like my, I'm not logged into Facebook on this computer because it's my school computer. I want to say it was like seventeen thousand dollars or something. I can imagine. Like I mean, astronomical. They used to raise and it was, insane it, amounts but it more may than have that. been more than that. It may have I'll actually been well, like yeah, at any RBC in Arlington. I think the most we've seen is like forty thousand dollars raised. Yeah, um, it was insane. But yeah, you're. Yeah, I'm. And now it told me that I entered an old password, so I got nothing. You said it's on Rob's Facebook, <laughs> but it's on Rob's. Yeah, he shared it because he was down there this weekend. I'll look it up. But yeah, that I just—it's a big post with like a green with, background. I think so. US Arc <laughs> is is the closest thing we have to a group that I really to help. But it's not anything about regulations or making sure. No, but exactly. they, they they keep us functioning. Um, yes. 
I just, I watch so much stuff going on in the hobby that I'm, I'm wondering what that breaking point is that we can't come back from on negative shit happening. Well, I think if you try to get something together to start regulating people, that would probably like, break fucking people. It was green. You're not going to miss it. It's like a big post. Okay. Let me scroll down. There <laughs> it was. It was black. It was $117,000. Oh, wow. I was that's off. Insane. <laughs> I, was yeah, I was about to say 17000 Like, wow. Yeah. 17000 didn't seem like a lot. I didn't. And that's yeah. I was like, no, it's so, more than that. $117,000 this weekend. That's really cool. Which is great. And, and those, and that auction, I've been to the Daytona auction before. It is, uh, there are definitely things there that someone like me can afford to try and win at some of those, but those auctions aren't, they're not really for me to bid, but they are great to go to, to watch. I mean, yeah. even the con, the Conroe auction, I wasn't going to beat the front row of people at the Conroe auction, but it was a lot of fun to watch them bid. I got a fish. You did get a fucking fish. And he's doing so well. Yeah. I got a thong. Yeah. Uh, no, that was no, scary. We, unfortunately, I that remember that. That was scary. That was so scary. Your children are scarred. I felt so bad yeah. for your daughter. Yeah. She had Her to watch. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Not one of my proudest moments, but we did okay. raise a lot of money. Yes. What? Uh, Fucking shit. We did raise a lot of money, so. But, but yeah, yeah I, I think I, I think that you'd be stepping in a big pile of shit if you tried to do that. I, I, I know where you're. I know your intentions are good, and I get what you're saying. Yeah, my my my, my goal wasn't to to regulate the hobby in a way of like it needs no. to be this way, but no, mainly to give a group that can also be the because the problem right now is U.S. Arc is the only voice when a law there's an issue with the law. It's but US, U.S. Arc also goes after laws that people have fucked up to cause those laws. Yes. I mean, honestly, so you you're not. It, that, that it's not it's not apples to apples there. Um, U.S. Arc is is the organization that helps us when something gets goes wrong. Um, but you're trying to try to make stuff not go wrong so that you would need an organization like U.S. I, Arc. I'm wanting a proact because because U.S. Arc unfortunately by nature is a reactive yeah. organization. They, they yes, are. exactly. So you want something that's proactive, but again, you're going to get in a situation where logistically it's going to be impossible for one. Yeah. And you're never going to have people that want to join something like that. I get what you're saying too, is trying to get notoriety from the, uh, the AZA, but unfortunately working for Zeus, you guys know the AZA's work because they make money, lots yeah. of money. They get donations. They get well, that's they, the reason that they always want to save zoo, elephants and gorillas and they don't want to save zoo, a random salamander. Exactly. You, zoos are about how much money they, they make. I just, it, um, it sucks to me sometimes to watch these breeding projects where someone's like, they finally breed some species of rattlesnake that they've been trying 30 years to do. But you know that there's some dude that could have done it down the street yeah. 20 years ago. And you know he could have done it really well. There was some. Yeah. Was, was it that. Was it that Reptile Fight Club that we listened to? Was there another podcast that we listened to that talked about this? I don't know. It could have been. I don't know. But like, uh, so the, so the guy that the guy that I got both of my Louisiana pine snakes from, he breeds Louisiana pine snakes better than probably any single person out there. But no one really knows about him because he's an old school dude that doesn't really have the internet. Um, and and you've got zoos that are struggling. <laughs> Putting it lightly. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, you got zoos that were struggling to try and reproduce these things. I'm like, just give these snakes to him. He does it in this, and that's the, this is probably the area where like having regulations <laughs> would not have worked area. because yeah. he, he does it in a house that he doesn't live in. It's an old like 1890s yeah. house with windows open. Like it's, it, you walk into it, you're like, what the fuck? I don't fuck? think there's, is there electricity in that he house? He has electricity, kind of, but it's, it's, it's rough. I've never been. I've it's been rough. told I'm not allowed to go. But 
the man can breed the shit out of some Louisiana pine snakes. And for a snake that yeah. is endangered, I'm like, that's that's what matters is that he can do this. Now, and- what 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 proactively should happen is that an organization like the AZA should be open to speaking with individuals like that who have a track record of producing those animals and find out what they're doing right yes. and what the AZA is doing wrong. So that would be the most proactive thing. But the AZA is not going to do that. Now, like I said earlier, they do buy animals from private breeders. They, they absolutely do buy animals from private breeders. They just have enough inventory of animals to go you know, around that that's what they do. They'll share animals and breeding projects between zoos but they do buy from from private breeders. But that would be the most important thing. Now, if you wanted to write a big letter to you know the AZA and say, "Hey, why don't you do this?" That's probably the most proactive thing you can do. But asking asking private keepers and hobbyists and reptile enthusiasts to join together to follow the standards of an of an organization similar to AZA, I think I, I just I don't think I I just I just can't see it working. I don't think it's feasible. And, and I may be wrong, but I just that's just my opinion. But I think in, if it was the opposite way around, you could actually get the AZA to listen and say, hey, what are you doing that we're not doing right? That would be probably a lot easier. Yeah. But my, then that's my problem is the AZA looks at individual keepers as as lesser in a lot of those situations, even if that person can yeah. reproduce that but thing. Not, but ACA does, but not, not all zoos Not do. zoos. No, no, no. I know zoos and many of the curators and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. they understand what's going on. Um, yep. I know in a lot of situations, though, unfortunately, AZA does uh, tie some of their hands together on certain situations. Yeah. Um, and and that's a problem. Yeah. But so I was looking at uh, I was going through this is Chris Eaton's favorite part of the podcast. When I start scrolling through things on our uh, on our Facebook page, we have like two weeks worth of stuff that I hadn't seen because I just kind of ignored our Facebook page. I apologize. Anybody? OK, go ahead. But uh there was one Nathan Holcomb posted. It looks like a carp, like in a bag, and it's just the tail hanging out. It's a video, and it's a little like ringneck snake trying to eat this adult carp tail first, <laughs> and it's just chewing on the tail fence. I definitely suggest someone go find that find that video. It's on our Facebook page, but yeah, it's just trying to eat that. Um, Stephen Livingston post uh, posted some pictures. He hatched some uh, fence lizards. It looks like they found some eggs in their sandbox, and they hatched them, and they're little fence lizards. Cool. Which. which I think are awesome, and I don't see nearly enough. I wish I saw more fence lizards. Move to North Texas. Gotcha. Uh, just, oh, James Bergoli posted a solid white hog nose. Oh, I did get <laughs> – so I knew I was going to upset somebody in the group. Someone posted a picture in a, in a identification group of a hog nose, and everybody said, it's a hog nose, it's a hog nose. And so my response, being an asshole, I posted, I see a venomous snake, which is 100% true. Oh, Jesus, James. But someone's <laughs> comment goes, it's non-venomous, it's a hog nose. I was like – it's a hog nose and it's venomous. Actually. <laughs> and then well then he posts some Wikipedia thing that says they are not technically venom. I'm like so I posted some from the Venom interviews. It's like you they don't are- ever bring up Wikipedia to I know, a that teacher. Was, that was like, their argument. Fuck. I was like, I posted this like <laughs> he goes, they are harmless. I'm like, I was like, I've harmless. Seen the well, hand. well, I said harmless and venomous are not yep. the same thing. Like that's <laughs> That's we're not coming. They're somewhat harmless and venomous all at the same time. My stars. But yeah, I just thought that argument was funny. Uh, oh, Ilana posted this cool picture of a Borneo horned lizard. I uh, I've never seen that before. It looks like a anole, but with a long curly tail and a pointy nose. I think. Uh, I think I thought Eric and Elise might be working to try to produce them in captivity. 
It's a weird ass looking little lizard. If it's the same, if it's the same thing I'm thinking of. They have some really cool Borneo species. Oh, I, I did share a horrible joke that my mom posted that I knew everybody in our group would like. <laughs> it was so I was going. I to didn't cook. think this one was very funny. I think See, I disappointed you. That's your kind of stupid humor. I figured it you'd is, love it. Like it, I giggled, but it I was, was like, man, she posted better. I was going to cook alligator for dinner, but I realized I only had a crock pot. Oh, good lord! Yeah, his mom posts yeah. stuff like that all the time, and normally they're really funny, and like I get really tickled about them. But that one, I was like, "Man, this one's like that's your kind of stupid joke." Where you, I didn't you, like it. you know, if you had said it, you'd have laughed your ass off and wondered why I wasn't laughing. <laughs> oh, it's not. This was supposed to be your episode, by the way, Lori. It was. It's the twenty fifth. This is. I, look, I, my big problem is my entire last week of life has been. I'm erased. just so tired. Third grade requires so much more energy than fifth grade. This is why I'm on. I forgot. Yeah, this is why I'm I on. I did too. It's, it's okay. Failed. <laughs> she failed. not fail. Do that not listen not to him. True. Do not listen to him. <laughs> oh. You need to do it next Wednesday then. <sighs> we want to do Herp's bitches. I'll get all the bitches together. <laughs> do it next week. No, not at Conroe. Y'all need to do it next Wednesday, though, because or the Wednesday after, because we're going to Conroe Thursday, right? Two weeks. Next Tuesday, we're our days. Right, so, so, so if we're going to do it, we got to get two weeks from now is the Wednesday before Conroe. We got to get yeah. female keepers or well, female keeper vendor, whatever from Herps on here. So, Katie, is this not equivalent? What? To another friend of ours podcast? No, no, no. His is Hot Chicks. That's completely different. <laughs> oh, wow, James. I'm just... Well, I'm not going to... I'm, I'm going to offend people. I'm going to offend them when they call them bitches and not Hot Chicks. <laughs> I'm choosing. Shit. I'm choosing the way I... Ass- you just made I, I it sound like the her bitches are and- not Hot Chicks. That is not what yep. I'm saying. I know, you're but about- that's what it sounded like. He got so, attacked for using the, he got attacked for using the phrase Hot Bitches. James, James, I think you're about to be quarantined for the next month again. <laughs> Dying over here. Uh, oh my god. Oh, Lori's even over here uh, talking shit. That you opened Lori your just, mouth and no, inserted your Lori foot. just so, talks shit. That's her natural tongue. She Lori can't does help it. You. She's good so at actually, it. I think the Wednesday before Conroe would probably be a really good time to do it. Will you try? How are we going to do this? Are we literally just going to have like 14 people in here? Well, that's, well, that's way I, more I, than I was planning on, but yeah, that's what I was like. Lori, Lori we said, do it from set up on Friday. No, we can't do it Friday. It's going to be Wednesday when the podcast is. So it'd be the Wednesday before Conroe. So two weeks. All right. Lori said she'll get her herps, bitches, uh, uh, whatever. What do you call them? We don't want to leave anybody out. We don't want anybody oh. to feel left out. Uh, I, don't, I don't care if they're left out. I, I, okay, I don't care. I'm feeling pressure. I need to like try to get together before. Listen, she's feeling pressure. We have so much to do. Oh my God. We have Lori, so much to do. I know you do. You have sat there while we've talked to Sean for the last hour and a half and have basically said no, not much. No, she was actually, she was at the grocery <laughs> store when I got, I beat her home. You'll she be, went to the store and went shopping. Lori will be fine. I'm so Everyone proud. listening in two weeks, you'll get to hear from Lori and all of the bitches. And I'm going to keep saying bitches just to offend people. You enjoy being offensive. I do. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> Yeah. It's uh, a term from love. It's a term. Yeah, you try and tell it. Tracy said the same thing. <laughs> yes, Tracy. I am saying the hurt bitches are not hot. He is not because he's married that. to one. He knows better. He's smarter uh-huh. than that. Anyways, uh, oh, Travis Wyman posted something in our group. So Billy from Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Billy from I think it was Billy from Mutation Creation, wasn't it? I don't. Did know his account get hacked or some shit? 
Oh, no, it was Marcus James. No, no, no. his account did no, not get Marcus hacked. Marcus James. Okay, I saw something I knew it was Canadian. That. Marcus James started a Instagram, Snakes and Snacks, which is super close. To Snakes and Bakes. To Snakes and Bakes, which is done by Dr. Travis Wyman. Gotcha. Uh, so if anybody's looking for a reptile and cooking-based Instagram to, to follow, definitely follow Snakes and Bakes. I feel like I need an Instagram just to follow that. Snakes and Snacks is one. It's Canadian, so what the hell do they know? Oh, two, shut up. <laughs> two, follow. He's, he's a doctor. He knows what he's talking about. Follow Travis Wyman. Yep. Also, the albino cotton mouth was what I was talking about. That was I thought that's what you were bringing up. Oh, no, that was one that got posted. Oh, so yeah. That got posted, and I was like 40 minutes late to commenting on it. And I knew as soon yeah. as I saw it, it was like 40 minutes before I saw it. I was like, ah, I'm too late. But someone near here, near us, found an albino cotton mouth on their porch. Yep. Um, and then people Crazy were like, shit, of course, man. someone was trying to go, it's leucistic. And I'm like, that's not fucking leucistic. Uh, it's yeah, just it not. Does. Even, even this, uh, I've seen leucistic animal. I think it was definitely albino. I think Trimback has some. Yeah, he does. I think he, yeah. Well, that was my yeah. first thought when I saw it. I was like, ooh, I can get that and get it to Sean. But I did not. Yep. Uh, Travis did post nearly 100 species of frogs, toads, and salamanders were wiped out by fungus. That's chytrid. That's the uh, yep. horrible chytrid fungus that everybody's. Word, but that's um well you the fungus you saw was different you saw uh uh snake fungal disease actually i want to talk about that before we we wrap up tonight oh there was an article about it in Reptiles. Ma- oh well there's an article about the snake fungal disease in the reptiles magazine i'm sure i'm not the only one that gets the emails but i read <laughs> probably not emails. i think in some weird scheme I'm to get sure people to read their magazine they've sent it to more people than you but I'm the one that brings it up every week when we're on the podcast. So I'm obviously Go the only it. one out of the three of us that read my emails. <laughs> Go for it. Um, it's actually been around since like 1945. Like they are like finding evidence, like tr- dating it back further and further. And yeah. that's as far into the. That's as far as you got. It, look, I got the email <laughs> as we started you, the podcast. You were, like, you were like, I really want to talk about this. I do. I thought you were going somewhere. But I was she not. Was, <laughs> oh, look, she was reading it on, she was reading it on the pooper a while ago. I. I I should have been. I don't play on my phone when I'm in the bathroom. That, that's YouTube time. I, miss the, the? I, I, go, I know. I what go you? in. I take care of business. And I come out after I wash my that's hands. YouTube time. I don't. Okay. I don't use my device in the bathroom. Not no. It's the best time. To I use. will read on it if I'm in the bathtub, but that's about. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, what a waste of pooping time. Uh, so I go in. I take care of business. I come back. I, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Um. Anyways, but I'm gonna read the article. I'll follow up. I'll share it in our discussion board. Well, it's a big problem on the East Coast. Um, it's a like. Well, I mean, you saw that. You saw that. Down yeah. Down right it was. It. it was. It's. It's horrifying. It was isn't it? terrifying. I did not know. I thought just looking at it that Whoa. it had like gone hey, through some. Check here. Check here. Whoa. What? what? Sounds like you're speaking into like a robot farting or something. What? I don't know. Maybe it's on your I don't Maybe. know. Maybe that might be your connection. I think it's it your my connection? connection. Oh no. But you sound good on our end. I say you sound great. I can't understand a word you're saying. Oh, oh no. no. Anybody listening to us on Facebook, can you understand us? Yeah, we've got ten people that are still watching. Talina's one of them. Yeah. Herbs, she's sexy as hell. Selena? Yeah. She was one of the I need her that, fashion she, sense. She was one of the ones that got bit by the hog nose that weekend when the other girl got bit by the hog nose. Oh, yes. Hers wasn't nearly as bad as the other girls. Maybe he should log out and log back in because he knows what those words mean. Okay. You're back. Okay. Oh, we're we're back. back. We're good. Okay. Whoa. Oh. I got some crazy interference. Uh, am I not? Uh, that was weird. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. 
aliens. It sounded like <laughs> robots farting. That's all That's, I heard. Tracy says we're good, so it's just oh, on your end. But no, but it's that, better now. That snake fungal disease. When I when I walked up on that snake, it looked like it had gone through some type of glue or adhesive and had sand stuck all over it. Yeah. That's oh, wow. what I thought was wrong with it, and I'm like, what is going on with this snake? And yeah, I mean, of course, I immediately called James because that's what I do when I have a snake question. And had he not answered, I would have called someone else on my list. So um, I have a list. I have a list of people that I call if I have reptile questions <laughs> and they know who they are because most of them have gotten questions from me. <laughs> oh, I do want to tell Travis Wyman. And I know you won't hear this for like three weeks when I finally hear No, no, no. He's actually like he, he listens more oh, than we think. Well, when Travis listens. Fuck you, Travis. Why? What'd he do? Because he had me listen to this stupid ass slippy, slimy salamander rap song. I didn't listen to it, but I felt like it would be something I would enjoy. Fuck, it was the dumbest shit. I hated my life for three minutes. It's, oh God, it's horrible. But, oh, uh, oh, anybody missed it? Tracy posted, uh, the catchies were on sale. I'm telling you right now, anybody listening to this show, if you have not bought a catchy, uh, for your reptile room, you're really missing out. That thing is amazing at catching flies. Yeah, we have one in there. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we have we could, we have bug assaults. Have you ever seen the fly gum. zappers that are the tennis? Oh yes, he has because we used oh, them. Oh my god, we need to go We need like we need like ten thousand of them. I spent the entire I spent the entire weekend killing flies. Shame we had one once. Oh, we is can do he it. not the funniest thing ever? That's right. Watching oh, him play, it was hilarious. I could, he had two so of them funny. going at one time. And yeah. It was just pop, 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 pop. I was, it was, I was mesmerized. So yeah, Katie, you missed that whole thing. There were the amount of flies. Yeah, I've never seen it that bad. Rested that weekend. They're like five yeah. bucks at Harbor Freight. Those little zappers. Yeah, yeah. yeah we right. we had vendors going to get a fly trap. They had the the livestock show the weekend before, and it was oh my god, none of the fucking flies left. Yeah, they just piled the shit up somewhere and bred flies while we were gone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm conv- So, whatever. It says Facebook user. I'm not sure who that is. Killed it my says gecko. James killed my gecko, so he deserves to listen to bad music every now and then. Who the hell? Also, hi, Katie. I love you. I love you too, whoever you are. I don't know who it is. But I want to know what gecko you killed, you asshole. Me too. I don't you know, know what the gecko fuck, I killed dude. either. I don't know. I, I need to. Jen, I'm going to have to listen to this song. If It Nick, seems like something I would enjoy. She is wrong. That song is horrible, and Travis <laughs> Wyman deserves. You know what? Fuck it. Go listen to Snakes and Snacks. That's the best Instagram no. to follow. <laughs> Fuck Snakes and Bakes. Oh, oh that song was. Oh, it's oh, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> my roommate. That's my roommate. roommate from I didn't kill that gecko. That gecko formed a hole in its head. Uh, that that was a freak accident. Is what that it was, was. A little, it was. And I hate it. I had it. It was a golden gecko, and I had a white line gecko, and I fucking hated the white line gecko. That little golden gecko <laughs> was amazing, and then like some hole formed in its head and it died like overnight. Like it was the weirdest damn thing. And then I sent the white line gecko off to Texas because I didn't want it anymore. Yeah. Oh, our giveaway. I didn't mention our giveaway for this month. Please, please. So our giveaway this month, again, it's still still August. So you got this week. We uh, had some people this week that have been messaging us. Yeah. So it's it's this week's left because you got until next Tuesday. It's the end of the month. Yes. Payday. We are, paydays. Next, thank God. <laughs> Anyways, we are uh, partnering with Grant Family Exotics, and Grant Family Exotics are giving away 12-inch hemostats, 12-inch feeding tongs, a large cage hook, and a field hook, all made from Sean Trambeck at Best Exotics. All you have to do, literally, if you're listening right now, go do this. All you have to do is take a picture of you with any of your reptiles, 
post it on Instagram and Facebook and put hashtag the reptile gumbo podcast. That's it. Hashtag the reptile gumbo podcast and, and you're entered. And I think right now it's only like five people. So it's really good odds right now of winning uh, this whole set of utensils. <coughs> Get it together. Utensils. They're utensils. Tools. You're a tool. They're utensils. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's I, I pretty can't fast, see man. Fast response. I, I, can't, I can't see the chat on there, um, but um, is Robert on still on? I don't think no, he think. logged out. Okay. All right, I'll message him. I need to get. I need to find out when I can get my racks from him. I got some new racks coming from Lone Star Reptile Racks. Yes, ropes tub racks and a bunch of different stuff. So uh, excited. Gina asked if she can post a pic with her guinea pig. No. The answer is no. I mean, it's snake food. That's true. If you if you post a picture of your guinea pig being eaten, tried to give me the fucking guinea pig this weekend. No, <laughs> it's the cutest no. guinea pig I've ever seen. They're cute. Yeah, yeah, they're cute. It's a We have fucking four chinchillas. Oh no, hold on. We have six chinchillas. Whose now. fault is that? I don't want to hear that. You kept picking up chinchillas and Corpus Christi like they were Halloween candies. I, like I got one. I got one. Last night, she tells me, hey, you know that other cage you were going to let Laura and Greg use? You need to build it. I'm like, what the fuck? They can build it. She goes, no, I got two more chinnies. What the fuck? Are you going to start breeding? Are those uh, are no, there's that's, one of them that's already pregnant. That's Lori's thing. Are you about to start Lori? making like chinchilla coats? No, I love chinchillas. We're going to use them for the interaction room. But I got great deals on. But we have well, we have four. Great we're getting, deals. <laughs> Callie's Callie's bringing us two more this weekend. So like, wow, bless her. Bless her. <laughs> <My ass>. yeah. <laughs> one of the chinnies is one of the chinnies is, is is pregnant. They're in our room. We put them in our room because we had the big house party here. Um, they were stressed, and so we put them in our room. They haven't left our room. They keep me up at night. I'm going to be they that person not. that asks that question. What? Are they loose in your room? No. Oh, no, they're in cages. <laughs> yeah, there's just chinchilla what? shit everywhere. I don't know how chinchillas work, man. No, there's still chinchilla shit everywhere. There's a towel and shit underneath them, but we, but yeah, they... They poop and they chew. That's what chinnies do. Brendan, Brendan posted that he wants a chinchilla coat. You could auction it off. Oh God! Oh, you hear? Oh, Lori's gonna fuck. Whoever Brendan is about to get fucking stabbed in the face hole. No, and one of one of one of the females is supposedly supposedly pregnant. So we'll see. But um, yeah. So I'll, I'll give Joe. I'll give Joe a chinny baby. Fuck no, you won't. You won't. <laughs> you're gonna see. You're gonna see a snake eat a chinchilla. What you gonna see? No. It will be rehomed. No, they're cute. They're so good. See, but. Genus is not much different than a guinea pig. That's not true. I've never feared about my guinea pig overheating. I would totally fear about a chinchilla overheating. Yeah. Yeah. Those things, you've got to keep them cold. But guinea pigs piss like eight gallons a day. Yeah. Like <laughs> each each day. Guinea pigs piss like you, so much. Like, Can you litter train a chinchilla like you can a rabbit no. and guinea pig? No. Because no. I, had, I had litter trained guinea I pigs. Mean, Maybe, maybe you could with a chinny. I've never tried, but I think they'll just tell you to fuck off. Cause, uh, yeah. I mean, they're super sweet. The ones we got are really sweet. She's never going to be on the pod. Doesn't matter. She'll never be on. Just, it's going to be a whole bunch of herps bitches. And then Lori sitting in the back. Hey, James, the number and one James. herps bitch right there. Yeah. Sean's yeah, the number right. one bitch. Bitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, uh, no podcast this week uh another one that came out and i started watching it but the problem is fucking chris keeps putting shit out on youtube and i don't have an hour to watch youtube 
But Chris put out his new uh, leveling up one with JT. JT Tomlinson. I I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I don't get the chance to watch YouTube. I barely watch the the podcast when they, you know, and then Zoom call. Like I haven't done a Zoom call in forever. Uh, it's been fucking hectic. But I really want to go watch the one JT. I mean, it's fucking JT. Is he wearing cargo shorts in it? He's, Probably. He's sitting, I think, at a desk. I can't remember. If he's, I'm sure he is. I don't think he's wearing. Okay, okay. As long as he's wearing pants? cargo shorts, he probably. Yes, owns- he does. Yes, he does. We saw we ran one into time. him one time at Moody Gardens of all places, and, cold. and it was freezing. And he had fucking he had flip flops on, didn't he? No, he, I mean I wear flip flops. I bet he had flip flops and skinny jeans on. I bet no, that's what he, he had. Yeah, he had skin. Well, he had, skinny. it was skinny jeans, of course. JT he had skinny jeans on, but that's the only time <laughs> well, I ever seen him. When you look jeans, like so. JT, you can pull off the skinny jeans. I'm just no, saying. No. Oh, no. good lord! No, skinny skinny jeans shouldn't be worn. They should be burned. All of them should be burned. Were they true skinny jeans or were they just like well no, he wears, cut? You know, watch, he wears I, don't think, I don't think he wears skinny jeans. I think he just wears like they boot were, cut. They were, they were well. They're very just very well, well tailored. tailored. Like yeah. Brett with Venom. Uh, Venom were Venom life. He wears skinny oh, jeans. Oh, no. He wore those leggings. No. Those well, snake Blake, leggings. Blake owns those things but now. There's, so. But those oh, yeah. are true like – because yeah. true skinny jeans are like leggings. Yeah, but no. Yeah, the problem is the way JT's built. I think jeans become Again, skinny jeans. I don't think it's he a wore problem. Jeans. <laughs> anyway. But so he does. No, he does. He does own pants. <laughs> <laughs> he does own- <laughs> uh, I know, I know. He does own pants. They they funny. do exist. So I need to I need to finish watching his leveling up. But the problem is the leveling up it's an hour long and and I'm good at trying to catch stuff on a podcast while I'm Well, we've been doing this shit for two hours, so Well but see the great thing is I put this out on audio and someone can listen to it while driving. It took fucking Chris like three weeks to put the hot chicks episode out on audio. So I can he wants to everybody to log in and watch it on YouTube. So you can I don't sit have that here. kind of time. Look, you not everybody's like Chris here. sits in his apartment. And doesn't leave it. That's not the fair. Everybody doesn't have that life. But Chris you, has a job. you have been he does quarantined. It from home. That dude does not leave his You've cave. You've been quarantined well, for well, a week. Why haven't you watched YouTube? Because Chris I've been watching alone. Be at, Chris won't be at Conroe because no, of his job. No, no I, know. I know. Sucks. I'm very sad. Yeah. Yeah, but so, he's coming. To, he's coming to the grand opening. Yep. Yeah, he told me that, and I told him I was going to be at the grand opening, so we'd see him there. He said he was going to do some podcast the stuff at the grand opening. I'll probably bring our podcast stuff for the grand opening. Yeah. Cool. Definitely. So, when is yeah, so when yeah. is the grand opening so everybody can hear? The grand opening is November twentieth. November twentieth. Uh, we op- our soft opening is October fifth. So, James Bergoli start his first day of work is se- September sixteenth. That's going to be interesting. How oh, fuck? <laughs> Just Bergoli. It's going to fucking okay. kill. Do you him. have a spot for his wife to sell bread? <laughs> You can't there in the pet shop because then you deal with food uh, and food regulations yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. But there's something else in the works. Maybe a food truck out front that sells just Bergoli bread. <laughs> no, um, no. Actually, Kayla's going to handle um, part time. She's going to handle some of the payroll stuff for me. That's cool. what she does. So um, the one thing about James that you'll never have to worry about is being the shop will be clean. Oh yeah, yeah. I can see that. It will be immaculate. He's he's and, definitely the woman in that relationship. He irons his shirts. That just his t-shirt. Bad just, ass yeah. martinis. Yeah. Martinis too. Yeah. So no. Oh, and I made I made a, a post about the address or something like that on the website, and and um, somebody said something about the daiquiri shop next door. Well, I thought it's like an empty parking lot next to us. Like there's a slab there. 
So they actually are building a daiquiri shop next door. Oh, that's cool. That's to, awesome. yeah, so a drive through a so, drive through daiquiri shop. So our party's now from the when we're at Brian after the show on Saturday. Our party's going to be at the shop with the daiquiri shop next door. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. Going to open up a party no, but, room. Um, hiding it, hiding in Maria, and and all them wanted me to break out the stock tanks out of the back and put them out there for swimming pools in the yard. They did get in the hot tub. I did. Yeah, they were like, pull up stock tanks, fill them up. We don't jump in. Like Kona got so tired from everybody going out there and follow her around, she fell asleep in the pasture out there. She was just out. <laughs> she didn't, she didn't make it back to her. She didn't make it back to her barn. She just was like, "Fuck this, y'all leave me alone." For anyone listening, Kona is the Aldabra tortoise, the big giant Aldabra tortoise that big, roams giant, the yard. Baby. She's so sweet. Uh, anyways, all right, we've we've rambled on enough. It's yep. time for me to go enjoy being able to walk around my house without a mask on. Yes, yes. I'm sure. I'm sure. I haven't seen my wife all damn day. So, like, um, we we've, we've been up at the shop since like nine this morning. Well, I have. I'm working though. I did a lot of. I didn't today. say you weren't fucking working. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't Calm down, Maureen. Nobody <laughs> said anything about you. Maureen, it's not all about you. Yes, it is. <laughs> I got up at 10, for God's sake. <laughs> at the crack of 10. Jeez. Like it beats noon, so. I say, I'm sure James probably didn't get up. I don't think I will go till 11 or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any wine right now. None. That's not my That's fault. good. You Drink went to the water. store. Oh, I don't have any in my hand. Oh, <laughs> she doesn't have any here. She doesn't. She doesn't have any in her hand. So, yeah. So Tuesday to our Wednesday, two weeks from now. Yes, Herp's bitches. Herp's bitches episode. I will. Okay. I will. I will contact everybody. I'll talk to Lori. We'll figure out who we want. And you will let. Ki- so is Katie going to take over yeah. for you, and you're not going to be in it, right? Yeah. Katie can't figure out how to use this. Use all that stuff. Let's be real. Well, you can just be off camera and turn his mic off. No, I think it's James having to put up and deal with all the herps bitches for two hours. That sounds like an awesome night to me, guys. Hey, I started this podcast. Don't let me turn this podcast around. <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to be on because he has to run everything. You're going to love it. James is just going to like bury his head into the table about halfway through. Great. Just fucking give up. It's going to be done. Look, if Chris can do his hot bitches episode, I can do her. No, bitches. no, no. Hot, hot, hot chicks. chicks. My right. Oh, could you imagine if he called them hot bitches? <laughs> yeah. He'd have been fucking he roasted. Been, someone would have hunted him down and killed yeah. him. Like that they would not would even be. Annihilated him. No. I, I'm going to make a post. I'm going to make a big post because about it. They're one of the herps bitches and they like it. The term of the bitches and you like it, damn it. <laughs> the term yeah. of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> bitch, you're gonna like it. You will <laughs> like it or else. Yeah. Uh, uh, fucking right. Say hi to them. Hi. Hey, Lori. Look, and she has her laptop. Look at She's Lori. Still working. Uh, I've, I've been working on lesson plans. No. I've been working on what in the fuck was I thinking trying to open up a pet shop? Jesus Christ. It's going to be great. And we're looking, everyone is looking yeah, forward to right. it. Yeah. I, uh, we're, we're really excited. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, Well, we talked about a lot of important stuff tonight. 
Uh, well, you guys did. I was here for maybe a third of it. You were having some YouTube time. I was not having YouTube time. But he was reading I, the shampoo bottles. I was. Uh, God, I remember that. I remember as a kid when you didn't have phones I or internet. Feel you feel great now. You knew every ingredient on the back of Pert Plus. That shit was. Nope. You took a book to Benzinate, the back with you. Sodium quad, whatever. No, no, no. Hold on. I bet you. Listen, hold on. Methyl isothiazolinone. I guarantee you that's in a shampoo. I've read that, that fucking word so many times. Methyl isothiazolinone. Somebody look that shit up and tell me that's not in some fucking shampoo. It I probably remember is. that fucking shit like when I was it. a kid. Oh yep. my gosh. I read every shampoo. Okay, bottle. so right now, if you want to get a hold of Sean, just don't. He's too busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can get a hold of me. Yeah. Um, tomorrow, I'll be up at the shop. What am I doing tomorrow at the fucking shop? I can't remember. Oh, oh you're the electrician. The electrician's coming. Yeah. And, you're, and the door's being delivered. No, I didn't get the doors out to tell you about that later. I get a little I get a little like OCD when it comes to painting, but if I feel better Saturday, I I might come help paint. What wait? What happened to the whole we're staying at this I house all we weekend because you haven't seen me all I, weekend? But I want to paint. Because you're annoying the fuck out of her. Whoever wants to paint, we have to go shop for mattresses because after a week on this mattress. Painting, therefore, you don't understand the joy and satisfaction. There's a mattress over in the dumpster across the street from the shop. You can have that one. I don't think I'll pass. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer prefer mine without bed bugs. Gotcha. After so, a week on our mattress and not leaving our room, I now know we need a different mattress. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I did, I, did, I did paint swatches on the wall today yes. a little bit, playing around with it. Oh, so. It's so therapeutic to paint. There's nothing, there's nothing nice about painting. I love painting so much. Like, but, y'all can just sit around and drink, and I'll paint, and it'll be great. Okay. <laughs> you had Lori a drink. Okay. <laughs> When the daiquiri shop opens next door, holy Oh, there's going to be I'm one named after Lori. I guarantee it. By the first <laughs> week, they're going to have they one. They need to have a herbs daiquiri. A purple and, a purple <laughs> and green daiquiri. Purple and green herbs daiquiri. Oh, my God. Purple and green herbs daiquiri. Like grape, and, grape and green apple. That shit will happen. They're going to love They are. They're going to get like a special discount. You're going to be, something. look, in the first year, they're going to buy a brand new car. You're going to see it. And she's going to say, Lori, on the license plate. That's it. Oh, God. Anyways, All right, James, like, people want to get a hold of us. You, you never asked them, asked them how they get a hold of Sean. He said they can, people know yes, how to get a hold well, of Sean. Yeah, we have uh, our website, herpshow.net. Um, you can, if you want information about the shop, it's info at herpshop.net. I'm um, still working on my freaking email for the show, so um, you can message us through the page. Um, you can contact me on Facebook at uh, on the business page, Facebook slash Herp Show. Uh, you can private message me, and hopefully I'll re- reply. If not, you can message Lori, and she'll tell me to reply. Um, so, and then our number, act- <clears throat> our actual business line. We have a business line now that for the for the show, it's it's posted on the website as well. It's eight six seven five three zero nine. Uh, anyways, you want to get a hold of us? For, uh, well, if you want to get a hold of Robert, who's not here tonight, but if you want to get a hold of Robert, it is lsreptileracks.com. He can, hates when you do that. <laughs> you, can email, <laughs> you can email him through there. Uh, if you email him about a price, please make sure it's not something that's already on the fucking website, because <laughs> he always sends me that shit, and I'm like, that person's a fucking moron. Like, Doesn't matter. It happens. It's going to happen again. It'll happen tomorrow. It will. All the time. I, yep. it just, it's amazing. Like, uh, I don't get it. Anyways, lsreptileracks.com. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, it is simply underscore serpents on Instagram or simply serpents on Facebook. Or uh, the podcast is the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and at gmail.com. Don't forget to enter our giveaway this month again so you can win all the 
utensils. Uh, all you have to do again is post a picture of yourself and a reptile and put hashtag the reptile gumbo podcast. If you're listening right now, if you heard these words come out of my mouth, go to the to go to your phone. You know you have a picture on there somewhere of you holding a snake. I swear to God, if it's wearing a hat or any other stupid shit, I may delete it. No, but, I'm gonna go find all of that. <laughs> but make sure you enter the giveaway. Sean, thanks for coming on this week, and we are going to Wait, definitely have what? You're not leaving anywhere. It's today Tracy's birthday. I don't know. That's what Gina said, but Gina doesn't know everything. Happy birthday, Tracy. Gina makes shit up. She's she's Sorry, a, she's a liar. Gina's a liar. Is Everybody it Tracy's it. birthday? It is Tracy's yep, birthday. It is. Oh. Happy birthday, Tracy. She's as old as my sister because she's a baby. <laughs> Kevin said, if, what if we don't have any reptiles anymore? It's okay. It's okay. I, I, uh, no, I, don't, I, I don't currently have any of his reptiles left anymore, but still, it's okay. Oh, yeah, we I, do. No, we don't because his fucking snake oh, is the reason no, I got no, a goddamn no, ticket. Don't go there. Don't go there. It's uh, Kevin's oh. fucking carpet python. <laughs> That's what oh, it was. Shit. Kevin's carpet python. When I sold it, that's the reason I got that fucking ticket. We don't have Molly. Whatever. Molly, Molly wasn't his. Molly was Drew's. Uh, I gotta call the lawyer and see where we're sitting with that. Uh, last you time, probably do that. last time he told me he'd call. Well, me he at told some us point, not to worry. He was like, "Don't worry, worry about it." it. And I'm like, Whatever. "But, but no, we worry." But I forgot. I forgot all about no money that is involved. I forgot all about it. Was time? It was. It was Kevin Snake sold at Sean's show. None of this is my fault. It's everyone else's fault. What the fuck? Oh, shit. All right. Lord. I'm I'm going. Thank you, Sean. And Lori, we will see you you in two weeks. Love you, too. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Good night.